Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. Evening and welcome. We are back Saturday nights. No longer have we been shunned to Sundays because of this World Cup. We're back in business. Uh, Fight Night is well and truly back on Talk Sport. Uh, and we've been extended. That's right. They've given us an extra hour, the crazy cats. Uh, nine through till 12 o'clock every Saturday evening. Uh, we'll be getting stuck into the general fight night show. Uh, as and when, we will be live ringside as well for big shows in the upcoming future. One of which is next week from the Auto Arena, starting at 7 o'clock. Five hours of fight sports next week. Five hours. Does it get better than that, does it? If you want to get involved with the show, you can do 087172233344. Uh, you can tweet me directly, at Adam Catterall, uh, at Gareth uh, Davis DT, you can get in contact with him as well. Uh, and we will, of course, be speaking about one, the fight that's going on throughout the course of the show, uh, a fight that's coming up uh, in the early hours of the morning in Las Vegas involving a British fighter. Uh, and we are very pleased to say that we've got uh, a guest in the studio for the first hour of the show, a man that is very familiar uh, when it comes to our listeners, a man that will be joining us ringside next week at the O2 Arena. It is, of course, the former IBF cruiserweight champion of the world. I can't do buffer. I, try, I should be able to come do on, buffer. come on, give it a You're try. Enough. I should come be able on. to do buffer, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. That's better. The one and only, the son of the Geordie Nation. <laughs> it's the killer, the gentleman McCrory. That's the it. gentleman. That's it. Glenn McCrory uh, joining us in the studio. Glenn, a pleasure to have you. How are you? You uh, well? It's great to be here. I'm very, very good. Thank you very much. Now, not only are you going to be. Uh, um, showing a little bit of your uh, boxing expertise over the next hour, speaking about various fights that are coming up uh, here on TalkSport, but you're going to be speaking about a new product that you are getting involved with regarding hydration uh, for fighters. I am. A, a product called Totem Sport because it is a massive issue in boxing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's probably the, you know, the last sort of really dark area that we need to, we need to sort of change. And I lost my world title because I, I killed myself to make the weight. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was tragic. It was 28 years ago. And, you know, every day I regret that I went in the ring or, you know, was pretty much made to go in the ring. And, and yet it's still going on. And, you know, there's something that I've came across that can help. Um, and we just need to educate, educate boxers, mm-hmm. educate trainers into not making the mistake of, of, of going into the ring subpar dehydrated and risking their health and risking their life and risking mm-hmm. everything they can for, for you know for this so um well, it, not, it's not, very close to my heart 
And not only that, you're going to be using myself and Gareth as guinea pigs for the products as well over the next hour. We're going to have a, a little bit of a, a go on this once you've given us all the information about it. So do stick around. Um, Glenn's been speaking a little bit. Um, oh, that's what was bulging in your pockets. I thought you were just happy to see <laughs> Glenn, us. Glenn was speaking a little sachets. bit just before the show started about um, all the situations regarding dehydration and what have you. And he's going to be sharing those stories over the next hour. So make sure you stick with us for that. And, uh, of course, we will be trying out the products and uh, attempting to endorse it ourselves. Because, um, as Glenn said, it's a dangerous sport. We don't need to make it even more dangerous. All right? So that's coming up uh, throughout the course of the next hour uh, with Glenn. Uh, first of all, though, let's get stuck into our top three stories of the week. Uh, first of all, we're talking TV deals. Uh, earlier on this week in the United States of America, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom USA announced the DAZN deal and the fighters that have been signed, American fighters that have been signed to uh, compete on the new streaming service over in the States from September. Uh, and of course, one of those will be our very own Anthony Joshua, the jewel in the crown, who had a little bit of a fracas at the press conference with big baby Jarrell Miller. We'll speak about that a little later on. Uh, the second big story of the week, without any shadow of a doubt, happened last night. The draft gala at the World Boxing Super Series for Season 2 between the Bantamweights and the Super Lightweights. It's mouth-watering at this moment in time. And boy, in the Bantamweight division, if everything goes to plan and all the seeds win their quarterfinals, we could have some of the greatest matchups in this division of all time. Burnett, Tete, Rodriguez and uh, the Japanese superstar that is Inoue. Will they all meet each other in those semifinals? Only time will tell, but it isn't half exciting. And sticking with the World Boxing Super Series, the other big story happening throughout the course of this show tonight, so do stick with us, will be Usyk versus Gassiev, the first time ever a four-belt undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world will be crowned, and I cannot wait to talk about it. I think we'll start there, actually. Seems as that's uh, your uh, former division, my friend. Yeah. How, how good are these two? Let's be honest. How good are these two? They're very good. They are very, very good. Would you good, fancy a little? You'd fancy a Yeah, of course I would. Of course I would. I, you know, 96 rounds with Mike Tyson went in with Lennox Lewis. I'm not going to sweat over a couple of cruiserweights, <laughs> am I? <laughs> um, no, I, but they are good. They're very, very good. And uh, what's what's great is they're fighting each other. You know, it, it, it's hard when you get the best fighting the best. You know, they're both in the prime. They're both excellent. They can both punch. They can both box. And it's it's... You know, it's great to see, mm. and then you know the Super Series is fantastic for this. I mean, it's 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 excellent. Gareth, regarding the World Boxing Super Series, I think what Glenn has just touched upon there, we've kind of seen it over the last month, haven't we? Regarding the negotiations of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, how it didn't happen. We don't know whether it's going to happen yet in April. It might happen at some point later on this year. Uh, next year, should I say? But the World Boxing Super Series kind of gets rid of all those politics. Once you've signed up, you if you're going all the way to the final, you're guaranteed three knocks, and you're going to come out with a world championship at the end of it. You are, but the, I think there's a caveat here, in, and and I've had debates with a lot of people this week about um, Murat Gassiev and Alexander Usyk fighting. Is that for those of us, the two percent of the world that are interested in fight sports, it's huge. Is that all there is? I Only two percent. I think, I think a it, lot more than that. Now, I think it's Gareth. growing because of our show, my friend. I think we're up to at least two and a half percent. Might be, but look, two percent in the world's a lot of people. If we can get hundred million people on pay per view, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, go on. Um, but what, all I'm saying is that um, outside, um, like Anthony Joshua, yeah. is a mainstream name. 
He's, cr- he's transcended the sport. He crossed he has. Those, yeah. Alexander Usyk, um, Manny Pacquiao transcended the sports. Uh, Floyd Mayweather transcended the sports. Usyk and Gassiev are, are not yet names that have reached the broader audience. Not yet, but remember, we would have said that with Triple G, but Gendy Golovkin has crossed that line and is a is It's a, taken is a lot a of work huge... in America to do that. It, though, it has, it? You know, but you know, this is, this, is, this is a great, great platform for Usyk and Gassiev, isn't it? I mm. mean, it really, it, it's, it's a superb platform. You know, it's being advertised all the time when the when the World Cup was on. So a lot of people, a lot of people and know a lot about of people it. going though, Glenn. Oh, who are they? Yes. Now, and 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 a lot of us have had to explain who, exactly who they are mm. because we have had that mainstream audience watching it. It's a shame they weren't. I've got to say this. It's a shame they weren't advertising George Groves against Callum Smith at the same time as well. Well, they haven't because, got a date for it yet. But mm. they haven't got a blooming <laughs> date for it. No, it's a disgrace. Yeah, it is a disgrace. It's yeah. frankly a disgrace. I mean, even George Groves is tweeting last week. You know, yeah. he hasn't got I, a date. Hasn't got a venue. What's do, he do? Do I look for another title defence? Mm. You know, is he is he contracted in now that he can't have another fight? Mm. Look. In answer to your original question, because I went off on a tangent, it's been brilliant for boxing. Yep. It is brilliant for boxing. Unifying four belts is a very, very unusual thing. Um, you know, Glenn knows this. There's boxing and there's heavyweight boxing. It's going to take forever to get Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder in a ring. You've got all kinds of theories putting out being put out there. Frank Warren even coming out and, and dipping his toe into the waters on it today, saying it's pretty obvious that Rob McCracken, Anthony Joshua's trainer, doesn't want him to face Deontay Wilder quite yet. You can see why. Mm. He's the most dangerous guy out there. Joshua is the gravy train, the juggernaut for the entire sport at the moment. Mm. I, I use the word slipstream every week, I think. He, everyone else is following in his slipstream. But let's not be wrong about this. The fight between Gassiev and Usyk is on a par with, the, with last September when Gennady Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez fought. It's that kind of fight. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not joking. I had so much adrenaline ringside for that fight in Las Vegas last year. And I'm going to have it at whatever it is. 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock tonight. Yeah. While we're on air, I'm going to be punching the walls. These green walls. It's like we're in a <laughs> snot house today. Mm. What's this green room going well, on? Well, I'll turn it into uh, to, to resemble a Marvel comic. Like I the quite like it. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. I like the I, I Irish like it. I quite like the Irish tones about it. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's it makes me feel at home. Mm. But, but, but they are extra. Are we going to break this fight down before it happens or not? Um, you can do if you wish. Um, I just wanted to talk about the uniqueness of uh, an undisputed champion in any weight division. Obviously, now we have four belts. Um, I think in the cruiserweight division, only two men have ever been classed as an undisputed well, cruiserweight Well, Holyfield champion. and Hay. Uh, well, no, uh, because he held the WBO, didn't he? So if you class it as uh, WBC, IBF and WBA pre-2004, because in 2004, when people would say that the WBO was a significant legitimate he- uh, cruiserweight or heavyweight belt, whatever, uh, you would have uh, Evander Holyfield, of course, I think yeah. in 1988 held all three of those belts. Uh, and O'Neill Bell, do you remember when he beat oh, O'Neill uh, Bell yeah, when he yeah. beat uh, Jean-Marc Mormack? Yeah, but, uh, but but when but when Hay beats um, uh, Jean-Marc Mormack in uh, Paris, I was there for that. And yeah. then he came back and he beat Enzo Macronelli. I think he was then kind of considered the man. Was, the, yeah. the, he had the, the Ring Magazine belt, yeah, and he was he was the yeah, main man. Yeah, but it is yeah. a very unique situation because since everybody is now recognised that we've got four legitimate world champions. Mm. Uh, that's not disrespect to IBO, but you know what I think about that. Um, once you've got four legitimate uh, champions there, what's that? Is that you? 
Are you being? Are you, are you taking a phone call? Eh? No, I'm watching a weigh-in. Well, don't watch your weigh-in. <laughs> You're in the middle of doing a blooming radio show. You're throwing me offset. Offset here. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Adam. It's fight night. Come on, there's yeah. so many fights going on. But it's ridiculous. What I'm saying is that it is a very unique experience yeah. to have an undisputed champion in any weight category. We we only had Terence Crawford last year, didn't we? And we haven't had anything. Be, I think pre for the last 10, 12 years. It very, just it's happen. very hard to do with the politics. That's what I'm saying regarding the, the World Boxing Super Series. It's kind of irra- got yeah, rid of all that. Got rid of look, that. Look at yeah. the IBF. Look at Well, it has for that division, but look at the IBF already, middleweights. Um, the IBF stripped Gennady Golovkin of the title, don't they? Mm. Um, so he goes after Billy Joe Saunders. He's still got to go after the IBF. It, look, it, it confuses it's, it's fans. It's of worms. It does confuse the fans. Listen, it confuses everyone mm. because, you know, they are laws unto themselves. There's no world governing body for boxing. That's why um like you say it's a momentous night in that sense because you've got a guy who can when you use the word undisputed i mean people are saying that anthony joshua is already a unified heavyweight champion in the world he unified a belt you know or well, he's got three he is the unified champion but he's not undisputed because there's another guy with another belt out there but no, you know i mean one one of the problems that in a way and and this is a little bit opposite to you is 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 if, if there's one guy got it you know, how long is it going to take? You know, when a fighter fights twice a year and you're number four, how long is it going to take for you to get your chance, you know, to get yeah. a, a belt? So you kind of, you also, a lot of fighters get frozen out. And that was the problem, you know, back in the in the 60s and 70s when, when it was one fighter. Yeah. And then if, if he didn't want to fight, you know, a certain fighter, he was just gone and yeah. never going to get his chance at a world title. Now, you know, Good fighters get the chance to to mm. fight for it might be a it might be a share of the world championship, but they get the chance to fight for world title fight and then and then you know if they're good enough they get the chance to unify it against mm. another belt so it keeps it keeps it going yeah, I'm, it not, I'm not looking for any more divisions you know but you kind of know who the best fighter in the division is don't you mm. your gut instinct then regarding tonight Gassiev or Usyk who are you going for I'm going for Gassiev go for the younger man the stronger man the puncher go on. Um, I think I understand why so many of you are now going for Gassiv because he did show against uh, Junior um, uh, Dortikos. Dortikos of Cuba that he can box as well as brawl uh, and he had uh, that extraordinary power Listen, like Golovkin he has. Come on, but, I, know, I know you're a wordsmith. But give me the answer. Go on. I'm going for Alexander Usyk. You're going Usyk. <laughs> you're going for the boxer box, to okay. outbox him, match him now and again because um, it will be phone box time now and again. It has to be because yeah, they yeah. both like to fight like that. Usyk to win uh, on, on a split points decision. Remember, it's Russia and Gassiev's in no, Russia. No, listen, it's an advantage for him being home as well. His mum mm. and his brother are going to be there or something. Mm. Look. Um, it's going to be a cracking fight, no matter what. It's going to be yeah. amazing. It's going it to should be a cracker. Amazing. It should be an absolute cracker. And we'll keep you up to date with that throughout the course of the evening. So make sure you stick with us for it. Uh, you are listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Um, we are going to be speaking uh, about this uh, new product that uh, Glenn's here to speak about tonight regarding hydration for fighters and not just fighters, sports people in general. Um, and we're going to get stuck into it next, so do stick with us. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Uh, plenty to talk about on Fight Night throughout the course of the night. As I said uh, moments ago, we will keep you up to date with the World Boxing Super Series cruiserweight final between uh, Murat Gassiev and Alexander Usyk. Uh, Dom McGuinness will be joining us uh, just to give us a little bit of round-by-round, round, every other round, uh, just to keep you up to date with that. Uh, we'll be previewing uh, Liam Smith's efforts against Amy Munguia in uh, Las Vegas in the early hours of Sunday morning. Uh, right now, though, uh, with our guest uh, Glenn McCrory being in the studio, I want to talk about a new product, uh, Totem Sports. Uh, not just for boxers, but we are talking about it from a boxing angle. 
uh, here now, Glenn. And uh, it's a hydration product. Now, what I want to talk about is I'll, I'll play the role maybe of a of a, of a trainer or a, or a, a non-sports scientist and say, well, if it's a hydration product, why, why don't we just drink water? Why, why do we need this product? Well, that's what, you know, that's what I would think you know 30 years or 28 years ago that's what i thought you know i thought if i dry out and dry out and dry out and don't eat and don't eat all that you know the way in i've got a day i'll just drink water your body cannot take water when you leave it out that long you, you, your body just won't take it in and if you drink it and drink it and drink it you then flush out whatever nutrients that you had in mm. so it, it's it's you know, it's it it just it doesn't work like that. Your body is a is a bit more complex like that, and you need you know the seventy eight nutrients in your body. You need so the them nutrients. So that's the difference of this product. This product's got totally, the nutrients. You know, it's not all, just water. It's got all, the nutrients all, in. It's all the given, years, all the years. You know, I've never, I've I've looked at boxers fail weights. I've I've, you know, had the the terrible time of commentating on Paul Ingle on on. Ah, too many, too many. Scott Westcott. Scott West, you know Scott Westcott recently. Spencer uh, Oliver. Spencer who, who Oliver. You know yeah. my pal, and and I've seen this over the years, and you you ask yourself, okay, it's terrible things were. You know maybe the fight was too soon. Maybe they tried to lose too much weight too long. But but what do you do differently? What is there? In water, it doesn't work. And and so you you know so it's kind of been like that and then then I, I came across this product through the fastest man in the world Richard Kilty who 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 takes it all the time um, over 60 meters the fastest man in the world I met the the owner of the company he says you know we've got a great product here but it should be in boxing you know he's a he's a boxing fan this is what boxers need and I'm, I'm having just been you know at a, at a funeral for for Scott Westcott yeah. I I was very very open to the idea and since then I've, I've watched Lee Selby Look, weight drained and not fight to, to his match. Jamie McDonald should job. never have been in, in Japan, the ring yeah. and got knocked mm. out in mm. one round. And it just it brought it all home to me. And I thought, you know, I've got to try and I've got to try and bring this out, bring the problem out, get it out there, get a campaign. Totem said, listen, you know, we'll back you, we'll 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 push it because we want to see boxers go into the ring with uh, at their maximum, feeling yeah. strong, feeling healthy, because we'll get the better fights. We'll get better fights, and and you know we'll not see people get hurt. And and this is over all these years. Where do you look? Where do you look for a product? Yeah, in the sea, in the sea. What God gives us, God gives us all the nutrients, everything we need. You know, He gives us fresh fruit, vegetables. He gives us, you know, meat and chicken and and then fish. You know, so we get everything naturally. What? What's, so it's not a man-made product. It's not in any way. It's per. Purely natural, but one of the things we don't cultivate, or we you know we never think of cultivating, is the the massive nourishment that's in the ocean. And there's a thing called plankton, which feeds every living the fish, yeah, 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 every living thing in the ocean. And if you can harvest, which which they've done, told them have harvested, you know, they 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 get all of the, the water from underneath the plankton, which is packed. I mean, it's not you know it's packed with nutrients, and you guys can have a little snippet and a taste and and give me. Tell me what it what it what it's like, and they they get that they purify the seawater, so it's basically it's just pure nourishment, pure minerals, and that's that's 
it's just an amazing it's an amazing miracle product. Se- 78 different 78 minerals. Or every every mineral every your, that we need to operate. Every mineral trace minerals everything that you need to operate is in there. Now if a box is training it's probably the hardest training in the world. Yeah. Over 10 12 weeks or or you know if you're a lesser fighter you fight you're training all year round. You you know you barely get any time off because you're ready to fight. You need something you know, because every day you're losing their minerals. Yeah. You've got to get them back in. You can't and just get well, them back in with food. And as well as that, what you said slightly earlier, I mean, fighting's one thing, training the actual discipline of fighting, but if you've got a mind on weight cut as well, so therefore if you're just constantly washing the minerals out, if you're only using water, because talk to me about actually, because a lot of people listening to the show might not necessarily what, know what a fighter goes through in order to make weight. And they, and, they, and they take ridiculous risks with their bodies, whether they're cutting out food, a certain food group, if they're just surviving off water, I mean, it's crazy stuff what I mean, guys go through. I, d- I didn't have in probably a lot of boxers. Now I've, I've getting you know, we we're, we're talking to lots and lots of boxers who've got horror stories, but I never had any nutritional advice. And and what you need to get, you know, I'm not I'm not dismissing the fact that you you know you need to first of all make sure you you try you can make that weight. You're in the right the right weight class. You're not trying to do anything of silly. Course, yeah. And then you know the the right nutrition, the right food. You know you need an expert to help you with that and tell you what you're doing. Then, you know, you're, you're, you're going to train. You know, you're going to be out for a run in the morning. You're going to do groundwork. You're going to be in the gym sparring or doing bags. Now, this is five, six days a week. Yeah. And on top of that, you're doing sparring. So you actually, you know, physical lumps and bumps. You're, you're, so, I mean, you, you've got, you've got, you're in pain every day. Yeah. So you need something that's you gotta going replenish. to replenish. You have to replenish. You need to replenish your body and repair your body yeah. every single day. And fuel it to go again. And that's what putting the putting the minerals back into your body does. So it's not during the weight cut you're saying, it's a lifestyle change it's, with it's, this kind it's, of thing. It's pretty much it's pretty much all the time. You know, athletes need to look and need to see we need it. every athlete. You know, I, they I, need mm, something like totem sport, and there's nothing else. There is nothing else like it. I've got this thing that looks like a giant condom packet in front of me, <laughs> and and I'm going to. How try did it I know that you I'm would gonna, take it? I, I'm going to try it in a minute. Um, so they're like but, for, but, for, for marathon runners, for example, who do yeah. this, they're like little sachets. I mean, you exactly. can get little energy boosts, yeah, electrolyte yeah, yeah. boosts, and stuff mm. like that. They come as in that similar style mm. of packaging. Mm. So, so it's kind of but, but they won't have in the morning, lunchtime, no, no. and after training. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if, if you're making weight, then then literally as soon as you've made the weight, you put totem sport into your into your body, and then you start taking on board water. But don't take on board too much water because then you're going to start flushing minerals. flushing it out. The, one one okay. of the reasons why I think you are a perfect ambassador for this, Glenn, is it's not just that you've covered. You know, friends of ours and friends of yours who've had brain damage or have even lost their lives in boxing. But if you take us back to 1990 in your defense of the IBF cruiserweight title, you, I mean, you were telling us this just before you came on air. I thought it was really important that you tell the listeners this, that you had almost prepared for your death going into that I, fight because you I, felt so bad. I, it, it was... It, it was really, really hard. My fight got brought forward a little bit, which was was not ideal. I told my trainer at the time, Bob Williford, I cannot make the weight. I can't, he said, "Listen, wait till I get there," and you know. So the writing was on the wall. I, I you know, I come off the dole to win my world title, so I wasn't in any way going to give that up. So you know, not without a fight. Um, I had about five, five and a half weeks to to train for the fight. It got to the point where what type of weight are we talking about cutting to get down? <sighs> About twenty 
five pounds. Wow. So a good, so a good, so a good yeah, nearly a couple of stone to get. Oh, you know, probably a, a little bit less than that, but but a good, a good bit, and you You're get a certain, you, you get a certain amount off, and then it starts to get really. Mm. As you come the last two weeks, you can't get any more fat off because you can only really take about two pounds of fat off per week. Yeah, you know, anything else is you start to take fluid. Yeah, when you start to take fluid, you don't just take fluid off your belly or off the, the little bit of hips you've grown when you've been out of training. You take it off the the all parts of your body, so your brain, around the brain, the cerebral the, fluid, the cerebral the, the, fluid around your brain that the, the starts cells to of go. Your organs, everything yeah. starts to go. And, and with me, it got to the point where I went and got. I, I don't know what you know. I honestly don't know what I was thinking. I you know I was thinking the weirdest things. I went and got measured for a suit. I never wore that suit once in my life. I went the night before the fight. I had resigned myself. I knew I was losing. I knew I was losing. I just didn't know how badly I was going to lose. And it was that dark. I was in that darker place. I wrote a letter to the, my, my, then, my then wife, and I had a little child. And I wrote a letter, and I said, you know, tell Victoria I love her. Tell her Daddy will wow. always love her. Tell her, you know. You knew you were going into I, battle the night I after. knew I was going into battle, and I, I, I was pretty sure I was going to die. And, and that's where a trainer needs to say, Needs to look at your mood. The trainer needs to look at your your temples. If your temples are dipped, you know that you know you don't need to be a layman. I saw Paul Ingle when we walked in. Me and Ian Dart walked into the the weigh-in, and I'd seen here. I saw a mirror of me, and I said, "Oh, Ian, he shouldn't be fighting." He said, well, "He's struggling with the weight." He said, I said, "He shouldn't be fighting. He's got dips in his temple." Ah, uh, you know, and God bless him. You know, he was he was badly injured, and and and, and that, and I knew that was going to happen. So it's um. It's it's something not to be played at. This is something very very serious, and boxers need to take it seriously. And and there's a cost. We're like everything. There's a cost in in everything to to buy something. But you know how much do they pay for a pair of shorts with thrills on? How much do they pay for boots? This is your health, your life. You've got to make sure that you're the best and you're fully hydrated. And it's just I cannot stress the importance. The great thing is in all of this, of course. Since you started this campaign, I know I wrote a big piece in the Telegraph yeah. about it. Boxing News have picked up on it. Elliot Wurstle's written a brilliant piece today about boxers losing their minds, um, trying to weight cut in that way. The Boxing Board of Control have picked it up. They're, they're gonna, you're going to be speaking Robert, at lots of Robert, functions. Robert Smith has asked me out to speak to trainers and to tell them about the dangers of dehydration, A lot of boxers, great. a lot of trainers, a lot of gyms, a lot of people interested in staying hydrated, people that um, are interested in fight sports and fitness. What should they do, Glenn, if they want to get on this program to make sure that they don't suffer health risks when they're training, boxing, fighting, or training other fighters? I think the traders have got to find out everything they possibly can about the, the, the dangers of, of dehydration because it is a you know we're seeing it every week. It's a massive um, it's a massive problem. You've got to, you've got to look at totem sport. You know there might be something else out there. I have you know I'm not you know I'm I'm here. Should we limit? The, should we limit the weight divisions for certain people? Then should, should people be? I think. More I think they... you know, people are always going to take a bit of a chance. Remember, it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game, anyhow. So you know, people are going to say, "Well, you know, so what? I'm going to have a go." So I think they've got to try. You know, maybe we we make it. We we give a, a bo you know a bonus in that if a fighter is is a world champion, then you you rate him. You know, if he, if he gives it up, he gets an automatic rating in the top three or top four in the weight above to give him an incentive to give that up. You know, mm. so that he's going to be he's not going to be at the bottom of the pile again. He's going to be at the top of the pile. So there's other ways 
to help this this problem. Again, people always take chances, but I, I beg everybody in boxing and sport, have a look at Totem Sport. Have a look, research it, find everything about it. Everything I'm saying is true, and it will help you. It's... Um, it's the best product out there. It took me 30 years to find it. Mm. You'd have beaten and, uh, Jeff Lampkin, wouldn't you? I would have beat Jeff Lampkin. I would have absolutely. Well, March, I, the, you third, know, March the 3rd, 1990, Gateshead Leisure Centre. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing. Almost four years later, I fought for the, I fought for the Cruiserweight Championship of the World in Russia, in Moscow. Against and, Alfred and, Cole. Uh, Alfred yeah. Cole, yeah. and I lost on points. And I made the weight, no problem whatsoever. Four years later. So there's four years of my life, because I retired straight after mm. the Lampkin fight. I was so disgusted with the game. Did I, he beat you by um, 10 rounds to two? No. The judges were bent, were they? <laughs> Stick with us, because myself and Gareth, are gonna, we're going we're gonna to have a go on this product, because you've said it's out the sea, straight out the, at the bottom of the ocean, so I think it's are only Are we filming further. this as well, or well, not? Well, you can do if you want, mate. Yeah, we'll have a bit of a go on this, uh, and give you a, a proper bit of feedback. That's what we're going uh, gonna to be doing. Stick around, you'll listen to Fight Now on Talk Sport. Hey, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. Don't forget, if you want to just join us, um, Glenn McCrory's in the studio with myself and Gareth, and this will be available as a podcast. So if you're listening to what Glenn's talking about regarding hydration and dehydration, uh, you can listen back to this show and all the information will be there for you. Uh, very interesting listening to Glenn there talking about his own personal experiences back in 1990, obviously going through what he went through when uh, uh, he sadly lost the IBF uh, Cruiserweight Championship of the World, um, down to dehydration, and therefore that's why he's involved with this product, Totem Sport. And he's brought a couple of samples into the studio right now, and I've noticed that, Mr. A. Davis, you just can't wait, can you? You can't wait for us to just do maybe a little bit of a thing on the radio. You've gone straight in there and started to get all <laughs> cracked up on uh, on Totem Sport. Do you know um, giant plankton are called jellyfish, by the way? And I now feel like I've had a little bit of that. Mm, Have uh, you? Uh, right, okay. So basically what this is... You'll sting like a jellyfish after that, mate. <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me about the taste of the product. <sighs> it's very, very salty. Well, it's from the sea. What did you yeah, expect? That's a, yeah, exactly. But you know, you know what, Gary? You know it, it has. You know what? It has I no. Feel really hydrated now. It has. I tell you what. You ten minutes late. Ten in ten minutes time. You'd see what you what you what you feel like. I feel like I've got a full bladder, but I don't want to go to the toilet. <laughs> do you know it has? It has. It has, it has no more. Ten off using code Boxing Ten to totemsport.com. How about that? Adam? Mm. So regarding the use of this. Because he obviously he's a clown and he's messing about. But if you're a fighter, because you, you mentioned before about not overhydrating with actual water, because the whole point of this particular water, product, water, water can't you can't take water. Your body can't take water in. No, like but that. what I'm saying is don't overhydrate with this product with ad- no, no, additional t- water you because, you're, product, you because you're washing product out by, the minerals. Yeah, you take the product by yourself and then and then take on normal water intake. You know, don't 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 take too much water on yeah but you do you, obviously water is for hydration so if, you know you can't take this during a fight but you can you know my, my thing is take it before well, the fight. Gonna, well, just before gonna, you go well, out take it before the it. fight i was going to ask you that because you we've seen other sports stars use this for example rafael nadal when he's playing tennis he'll have a go on one of these during a tennis match won't it it'll he be does. in his water will it, or next to the water frankie de Tori, just before right. the gold cup he's on tv in the in the in the dressing room, and he's taking his totem sport. Right. Lewis Ritson isn't doing bad, and he's 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 a he's a totem sport fighter. But Josh Josh Kelly, 
but you're not allowed. But you're not allowed to use them during not during the, the fight. Contest. But you don't need you don't need it during the fight because you take a you take a sashi, a couple of sashes before, and then you take them after fight. Remember, once you've had the weigh-in, you'll have taken yeah you know two or three sashes over the next twenty-four hours. You'll be fully rehydrated. You'll have took water on board. You'll be fully rehydrated. Mm-hmm. You'll have all your minerals back in your body. You'll be ready to go. I'm glad that the British. Board of uh, Boxing Control are, are getting involved with this and, and other uh, establishments are starting to write about this because it is a problem and it's not just necessarily in, fi- in, in boxing but we experienced this in uh, the world of mixed martial arts, Gareth, a lot. Oh. Uh, we've seen so many Worse. fighters um, over the last year to 18 months uh, with fights not happening because of hydration mm. problems, people not being able to make mm-hmm. uh, weight and you, you touched on it before, Glenn. Fighters are always going to look for that edge. It's just naturally in their makeup. They're going into a contest. They want to get the one-upmanship mm-hmm. on their opponents. So therefore, when they get to the ring, they believe that they're the bigger, the stronger character uh, when they're in there, when mm-hmm. it comes to the physicality mm-hmm. of the fight. But it's within their camp to look at them and say, hang on a minute, you know what I mean? Maybe you're pushing this a little bit too far. And we're seeing it far too often, aren't we, Gareth? Especially in mixed martial arts where where people are causing themselves some serious well, damage. Well, 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 you know, we were up in Liverpool for the show when uh, Darren Till fought Stephen Thompson mm. back in May. It was early June, May. And um, um, a video came out after Darren Till put on a brilliant performance against Stephen Thompson. He didn't make the weight. He was three and a half pounds over the 170-pound limit. Um, and then a, a video, didn't it, on, on the internet surf- surfaced, a kind of little docu, if you like, about Darren cutting weight, really being encouraged by 12 teammates and his coach uh, at K-Bon Fight Sports. And there was a moment when he was weight cutting where he actually said, I can't see, I've gone blind. Um, and and, and you're using a sauna, for example, a sweatsuit and a sauna. Sweatsuit, sauna like on the pads, yeah. and he just wasn't well. Now, mm. the thing um, is about that, is that it didn't shock me because I've no. seen that so many times with especially mixed martial 35, arts. 35, 40 pounds they can cut in the last two weeks. Oh. It's an extraordinary amount, isn't it? And they do water cutting. Yeah. So they up, they load and load and load with yeah. water and what do they lose? The water. Yeah. You know? But then, but then, um, but then you're washing the minerals out of the body. I've had a theory for a long time that boxing in that way is more dangerous than mixed martial arts. Because in boxing, you get hit, you get knocked down, you get stood up, you know, you take a count. Um, whereas in mixed martial arts, yes, it's it's very brutal, very visceral, but it tends to get stopped a bit quicker. Mm. You, you're not yeah. going over yeah. those 12 rounds. And I think yeah. that's where the yeah. damage occurs. Well, that's, that's you know? because, you know, we've got the big gloves. You know, a lot of the things we've got, the safety issues, and rightly so, the, you know, we've got bigger gloves and that sort of stuff. Make fights last longer, which if you're dehydrated, make you know, over a long period of time you're losing you're under the hot lights you're sweating all the time you're getting worse and worse and you're Absolutely. taking punches for longer it's and about longer. the length of it's an hour long fight isn't it with the you know it's a 48 minute fight with a with a minute between rounds yeah. it's an hour basically isn't it you know well, with the walk well, to it's the 48 ring. minutes no but with the walk with the walk to the ring it's normally you know boxers are are hurt in long Grueling exactly. Fights. That's why, um, you know, you'll talk to people like Robert Smith and Boxing Border Control. When there's a championship fight at, at any level, area, Commonwealth, British, European world, um, they monitor the boxer's weight, don't they, mm. from, from six to eight weeks out because they want to make sure that they're not cutting an extraordinary amount of weight. It, it was, you know, but, I, I, what the big thing about me is, for me is, when you... This is what worried me when you were talking first of all about this, Glenn, was that 
you felt an obligation to fight even though you didn't mm. feel well. It worries you psychologically. You're already worried physically. Oh. People pulling out in the week of a fight because they can't make it and they've got to go ahead and do it. In boxing... Fighters are never going to do that, though, are they? But, but also, also look at look at the, the fights where it's going to be a title fight. We're all ready for a title fight. And it's, they've failed the weight, come in two pounds heavier, they're not going to make it, and it's now a non-title yeah. fight. It's spoiled, the whole, it's spoiled the whole occasion, hasn't it? One of the things I want to bring up, also, if we're going back to the training of, you know, boxers training, is all fighters, because they're going to make weight and this sort of stuff, they go to warm weather warm weather basis yeah. they go off to Tenerife they go to Marbella they go you know, where, wherever but they go hot so not only are they training hard they are then under the hot weather mm. depleting their depleting their energy depleting their minerals all the time which is which is again just making it harder and harder mm, I think it's I mean the more you talk about this well, I'm more, glad we're talking. I'm well, glad everybody's talking. No, absolutely. No, no, but the more you talk about it, you know, the more... It just seems what, obvious. Yeah, it does. It does it seem does, obvious, it, but, it? but it's frighteningly obvious. That's what worries me. That, you know, and, and the, the, the bravery, the bravura, the, the courage of fighters, the nature of fighters means that they ignore these things. You mm. compartmentalize. Of we're um, warriors, aren't we? Exactly. The end of the day, and, you, and you compartmentalize the, the, the aspects game. of a normal human yeah. being, people like us in Civvy Street, mm. don't really enter into. And that's the worry. But if you educate boxers too much, they're not going to want to do it. <laughs> that's the problem. I, I, you know, I think the fighters are always going you know, to want to fight. I think the big thing is make it, make it as safe as you can. And, you know, how many fighters... Will know the things that I've that I've studied, the things that I've looked at, the things because you know I I, I care. You know I want to. I, I don't want to. I don't ever want to sit in a crematorium with at a funeral of a friend's son ever again. You know, God bless Scott Westgolf. I never want to be there. And maybe it wasn't dehydration, but it was in a tough fight and he wasn't well. I don't ever want to be with. Spencer Oliver were Pauling or were pals. I don't ever want to do that one more time. For more information on uh, Totem Sport, Gareth, you got the website there that you could uh, yeah, share because uh, I'm sure there's a f- maybe a few fighters or even guys that are just training and doing bits yeah, themselves. Absolutely right, Adam. Uh, the, the website's totemsport.com, and as Glenn's saying, there's a 10% off if people go on there and use the code use the code Boxing10. I've been reading the details. You look on younger already after you just had that. I, side, you do look listen, a good. You're taking I, 10 can, years. Can off I just you. tell you? You said you said it's salty. It's no more, there's no more salt in a sachet of that than there is an apple. There's no more salt. It tastes salty because it's from the sea. Well, well it, well it says <laughs> like, to, like a fish. Well, kind of. I, I need two more packets because I'd take one at the beginning of the show. Yeah. One in the middle of Oof, it. I can't bear you. No, I can't bear you. I'll get some down for you. Better than Red Bull, put it that way. Uh, Glenn's <laughs> going to be part of our commentary team next week as we head to the O2 Arena. We're going to get stuck into talking about that fight and uh, a particular fight at Wembley Stadium on September the 22nd between a couple of heavyweights. We'll get stuck into it next on Fight Night. I'll fight anyone. Um, each of their own. Um... And you know what I said is that the governing bodies of these anti-doping agencies have their policies and rules and regulation. I don't make up those rules. So if they allow him to fight again, that is between Alexander and the agency. If they ban him for life, that's between Alexander and the agency. Uh, from hydration in sport to drugs in sport there with AJ, Gareth A. Davis catching up uh, with uh, the heavyweight champion of the world a little earlier on as he was doing his... Uh, 
is press rounds for the Alexander Povetkin fight, which is coming up at Wembley Stadium on September 22nd. And it is quite a contentious subject, let's be honest, about Povetkin, who's failed a couple of tests. Should he be allowed to box, Gareth? Well, he, look, he's served his time. He's served his ban. He tested positive Meldonium, as did Maria Sharapova, if you remember. It was it came onto the banned list in uh, January 2016. He'd mm. taken it in September that year. Uh, sorry, the previous year. Um, and it was still, there was a nanogram in his system. So he said, look, my hands are up. We spoke to him that day um, on Wednesday at Wembley Stadium. He said, you know, um, it was still in my system, a tiny bit of it. Um, why it wasn't on the band list before, I don't know, but it's one of those things. It's a, it's an evolving, um, changing boundary, isn't it? It, it? Coffee used to be on the band list, for God's sake. Um, and new drugs come out, new hi- uh, yeah, and they hybrids do. They of dr- uh, but drugs the, and stuff. It's, it's Osterin that was found in a system Later on, which is a clear That's a proper steroid. steroid. A proper steroid. But, but, but what are you know, what are, what are, what are fighters, athletes, anything doing with anything like that in this system? Anything. What do they do with medication mm. in this system? Joe, I mean, it's. Oh, it's listen, they, I'm, these I'm are, on board. These I'm are board. athletes. These are the top, the sporting elite. So, what, you know, why? What, you know, it's not just that, Glenn. Good health, good nutrition. No, it's not even that, Glenn. You know, in th- fight sports. If you're taking steroids, I think you're committing a criminal offence. Because you, you, you can be legal. We're talking about people dying from, you know, or, or losing their yeah. lives or hydration. You know, you can be legally killed in a ring, can't you? You can be legally killed. And then if you and took if, something and then you test positive drug, drug, that's murder. Are you a murderer? Yeah. I think you are. I think we, at some point down the line, uh, for, for the sake of not getting blue in the happen. face, I've said it so many times, yeah. it will happen at some point and we will have a manslaughter case mm. on our hands. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but that aside, um, we don't make the rules up, sadly. God, I mean, listen, we, listen God, we've, we've all got our opinions on it, but we don't make the rules up. And therefore, he is now the mandatory challenger for the WBA heavyweight crown. It will be Alexander Povetkin. Um, and it is a proper banana skin, this, isn't it, Glenn? You know what I mean? The guy shouldn't be taken lightly. I know that we're all expecting and excited about maybe the possibility of seeing Wilder and AJ. We're not getting it yet. And Povetkin, if he if AJ looks past him, he could end up losing his belts. You know, Povetkin is is an absolute dangerous, dangerous fighter. For five he rounds. For yeah, for prob- probably. But, you know, five rounds is all it takes. It, mm. only, takes, mm. it only takes one round. Mm. Do you know, and... He is he is dangerous. He's he's a he's a good fighter. You know he's a, he's a world amateur champion. He's an Olympic amateur champion. He's a former world champion. He's only lost to an absolute top peak, Vladimir Klitschko. Yeah. In a horrible yes. fight that. Yo, he'll be thirty nine <laughs> when he goes in the ring. So as Gareth says, he's probably got four or five good rounds mm. in him. Mm. You know, but he if he puts everything in the world into this fight, which I'm sure he will, because this is a massive opportunity. You know, and Russia's, Russia's, you know, they, they're flying in sport at the minute. And, you know, as we, we've got Gassiev fighting tonight. They just put on a fantastic World Cup. So, you know, this is, this, is, this is a massive thing for him to win. So he's going to give it everything. And uh, th- um, first few rounds, you know, AJ's got to be absolutely And he on took fire. Price's biggest shot, didn't he? And he came back. I mean, he was gassing after three or four he was three gassing, and a half rounds yeah. in that fight. He took Price's biggest shot as well. And he came back. No, definitely. And, and you know, Price Price can punch, and he's a big guy. And and you know, right, he got him. He, he got him. You know, around the chin, and his chin's mm. maybe, maybe you know ha- not the greatest in the heavyweight division, but still, yeah. You know, he, he he can knock anybody out if he if he hits them. The the last thing that goes is a fighter's punch, and Povetkin's got one. Regarding the way AJ then approaches this fight, I mean, we saw him box very differently in the Parker fight. He kept him at range, mm. very very jabby. Yep. Uh, whereas in the previous fights that we've seen him blow people away, bar him, of course. Um, how does he approach a fight with Alexander Povetkin? I th- you know, I think. 
Povetkin in a way suits him because he's he's been around that sort of fighter. I mean, the one fighter that doesn't suit him is Deontay Wilder. You know, and I think every, you know, I think everybody knows him. Yeah, everybody yeah. around him knows that. Uh, the fighter that does suit him in a way is Povetkin because he's he's very European. Does everything. You know, he stand up. He's he's, he's, he's exactly what he's been yeah. taught and what he's went through and win these Olympics and all the rest of it. So. So I think, you know, look for him. I was impressed with his performance against Joseph Parker, although the referee spoiled the whole Absolutely. the whole thing. What he did was he he was better on his feet. He was more mobile. He was more nimble. His jab was a lot better. He didn't he even was, need the right hand much. No, he was throwing you know? double jabs and he mm. was bringing it straight back to mm. his chin. Where mm. Often he leaves that he leaves that jab out there just just hanging a little bit. So I, I you know, I, I he is improving. AJ is improving with with every fight, which is great to see. When you're at the top of the tree and you're still looking to improve, you're still working hard. Mm. You know that that's that's great. That, that's going to be September 22nd. 90,000 people at Wembley. Dead excited about that. But next week, we're rolling into uh, the O2 Arena uh, for the first one of our... Uh, it's not even really the new season yet. We're getting a little bit of a summer treat, really, uh, between two lads that have been in uh, with AJ previously, Dillian White and uh, Joseph Parker. Uh, now, I know that Eddie was trying his very best to make this a final eliminator for the WBO belt. I think he's failed on that. But you'd still think there's a narrative there for at least Dillian White, anyway, if he comes through and comes through spectacularly... If the Wilder negotiations fall down and we don't get it in April, heard, yeah. Dillian White's the obvious I, option, I, isn't I, it? But I don't think this needs, it, you know, it doesn't need to be an eliminator state. It is an eliminator because these it's are, big, you know, two of the, big, big on fight. the periphery, two of the, two of the best heavyweights out there fighting each other. They've both only lost to, to one man who's the heavyweight champion of the world. So it's a massive fight. Mm. Uh, Gareth caught up with Joseph Parker, didn't you, my friend, uh, earlier this week. He asked him why he felt it was the right time to be facing Dillian White. We felt it's the right fight, but also because you know, if you want to be the best, you got to challenge the best. And if you want to get, be champion of the world again, in my um, sort of position, or, or him, if you want to be champion of the world, you have to fight those that are that you will bring out the best in you. Challenges, fights that you think will go this way or this way. You don't want to be fighting fights that you you know you're going to win, you know, easy. You know, there's no point, and there's nothing to be gained from it. Just you know, more confidence that you can knock people out, but you got to knock out people that are at the top. Is it fair to say that for both of you, this is a High risk, high reward fight. Yeah, it's high risk, high reward. You know, the, the winner goes on to being, you know, in the top, ready to fight for a world title. And and amongst that, that sort of mixture of fighters, and the mm. loser has to, you know, you can still fight for a world title, but it'll take you way longer to get there. So, it's high like risk and ladders, yeah, I see. Yeah, like so the loser slides the down. Winner the goes, da, 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 yeah, da, yeah. and then loser goes. And then that reminds me of Eddie Hearn the other day. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but the, but the truth is. The winner potentially becomes a candidate to fight both Deontay Wilder and and Anthony Joshua. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's right, and that's so that's that's why it's so exciting because one of the, you know, the win of this fight a lot closer, and then so he wants to win. I want to win. I want to rematch with Joshua. I want to fight Wilder. He wants to do the same thing. So it's who wants it more. You get the win over Dillian White on July the twenty eighth at the O2 Arena. If you could just pluck it out and say, yep, that's the guy next. Who would you go for? Would it be Deontay Wilder or would it be Anthony Joshua straight away again? A rematch would be nice. Oh, oh you, yeah, want, you want the Joshua yeah. fight then, yeah? You yeah. know he's booked for Wembley in April. Yeah, yeah I see So that. you'd like that fight? Yeah, if all goes well, there'll be, there'll be a great fight. The rematch will be, it'll be different. Well, it's interesting what you're both saying there because I think that, because I agree with you, I think Eddie Hearn's kind of lining up Dillian White potentially to fight Anthony Joshua at Wembley if Deontay Wilder falls through. But if Parker wins, mm -hmm. 
He is still an option as a rematch because it was kind of incomplete that fight. With in the some fa- ways, with the fans, it? do you think the fans would matter, want it, to see that? They're, they're, they're gonna, the fans will watch any fight with Anthony Joshua. The- but Parker could get the Wilder fight. That's the other thing, and and scupper Eddie Hearn as well. Mm. So it's a great position for both men. In in another way, um, White White could even fight Wilder. You just mm. don't know, and, and you know it's. Uh, it's who wins this fight. That's why it's a huge fight next week for the division. It's an interesting matchup, isn't it, Glenn? Because let's be honest, the the fight between um, AJ and White first time round maybe came a little bit too early for Dillian White. If we're if we're really really honest, he's definitely improved since that particular mm-hmm. fight. And AJ versus Parker, you mentioned the referee; it was spoiled. And uh, and AJ obviously. Uh, had honed his boxing talents in order to navigate himself uh, through that particular fight. You know full well that with these two men, White and Parker now facing each other, I, c- I can't see anything else other than them meeting each other in the middle of the ring and having a real good go at it. I don't think there's going to be much boxing going on. I think no, it'll be a proper street fight. I, 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 th- I think, I think I, that's, that's, that is the, the thought, and, and probably both of them have got that thought, but the trainers will be thinking different because whoever's going to win that is going to have to have a plan B. And you know the, what I like about Dillian White is he's got a brilliant trainer in Mark Tibbs mm. and he's improved you know since since Mark came on board after Joshua have you seen the improvement and his oh. last fight the last fight I mean you know he's thrown combinations he's thrown twos and threes inside setting upper, things up uppercuts yeah, yeah. the jab was better the right hand the body shots were really good so you know he's, he's a different he's a different prospect than when he fought Anthony Joshua the first time around so it, it, it's a great fight has you know has Parker? Is he looking? Is he looking at you know some of the more poorer performers early in in White's career and and take them a bit easier and thinking this is an easy fight because he's coming in the Lions Den and trust me he's got a he's got a, a tough tough battle on his I, hands. I think I mean what well, one of the reasons why um, I think we downgrade Parker is because he was defensively brilliant against. Anthony Joshua, but offensively quite poor. He didn't do enough. I don't think he was allowed to, though, with the no, referee. Yeah, no, true. maybe he wasn't allowed. But the fight referee was, and Joshua, by the way. The fight was I, nullified, I think, wasn't it? I it think was there's just... another 12 rounds there, myself. Yeah. And I mean, we've got to say, he did go the distance. He's the only man that's two. Mm. And, 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 Joshua, and Joshua never hurt him either, no, by the way. No. Um, and they were both very flat afterwards, weren't they, to yeah. be honest, in the press conference. You were there. We were all there afterwards. Yeah. Um, the key for me in this fight... I don't know if we're going to talk about it later on the show. The key for me in this fight is if Parker's a much straighter puncher than Dillian White. Dillian tends to be more arcing, sometimes because of the shoulder injuries. He throws that kind of, that upper hand right. He he hooks very well. Um, But Dillian's more aggressive naturally, I think. Mm. If Parker can outbox him, I think having spent quite a lot of time around Parker in his training camp in Vegas, Mm. in David Hayes' gym where that interview took place a couple of days ago, down on Vauxhall, just down the road... There, he looks leaner, faster, and more explosive. And I think he's going to move a lot, but engage a little, and then kind of try and win the fight that way. Uh, we'll continue talking about that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, Glenn, it's been an absolute pleasure having you uh, on with us once again. Um, that website is tortonsport.com, is that right? That's correct. Check, Salty fun. There you go. Check it out. Um, <laughs> lot of, Boxing 10 for your, for your discount. I'm just making that reference because there's a few people tweeting the show and what have you that want to know more about that website. Don't forget, this will be available as a podcast, so everything's on there, so you can uh, you can get stuck in 
um, to the podcast for more information about Top Sport, which Glenn was speaking about a little bit earlier on. Uh, he'll be with us next week, ringside at the O2 for uh, Dillian White versus uh, Joseph Parker. So make sure you come and join us for that. Uh, plenty more coming up tonight on Fight Night with myself and Gareth. Make sure you stick around, and we will be keeping you up to date with Usyk versus Gassiev. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on Talk Sport. Uh, back where we rightfully belong on Saturday nights here on Talk Sport. Three hour shows from now on in, unless we're doing a big event from Ringside where uh, we might go for five hours. That's next week. Uh, tonight, plenty more to come on the show, including keeping you up to date with everything that's going on in Russia at this moment in time with the Cruiserweight Ali Trophy World Boxing Super Series final. Uh, we're going to be speaking, obviously, again about Dillian White and Joseph Parker, which is live on TalkSport next week. And we'll also uh, be talking uh, about Katie Taylor, who is uh, going to be, uh, uh, you will have seen her this week, on the uh, Zone press conference, making her, uh, her uh, presence felt in America the very best that we've got to offer uh, over this side of the Atlantic without any shadow of a doubt when it comes to female boxing and she's going to be making her way over to the States to dominate over there as well. Mm. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show and hopefully Katie will be joining us on the show. Uh, now then, quickly, uh, let's get a quick update from uh, Don McGuinness. Uh, Dom is going to keep us up to date with everything that is going on in... Is he uh, back in Moscow? Moscow, Russia. Wow, Moscow. Loves it, loves it, does the boy. Uh, it is obviously Murat Gassiev versus uh, Alexander Usyk in the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight final. Welcome to the show, Dom. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, chaps. Yes, and it's nearly upon us now. The stage is set. It's the Olympic Stadium in Moscow. All the lights at the World Boxing Super Series, they like to employ, of course, that ring yeah. of vision, if you like, the floor-to-ceiling spotlights that make it such an incredible spectacle. But this roadshow is in Moscow. It's the hugely anticipated winner-takes-all clash. The unbeaten Alexander Usyk against the unbeaten Murat Gassiev, all the Cruiserweight belts, and the Mohammed. Ali trophy on the line as well. Predicted fight of the year. Hard to argue against. I hope it doesn't disappoint. Don't think it can. Usyk, that Ukrainian road warrior, travelling again to his opponent's turf. He's done that five times out of six world title fights. In this tournament alone, knocking out Hook in Germany, getting the better of Bredis in Latvia. Now he's going to try and do the same against Gassiev in Moscow. Again, Gassiev, though, the Russian with that fearsome power. As the billing would suggest of this one, it's absolutely anyone's guess. Is it the technical ability of the brilliant amateur and now superb professional Alexander Usyk against the youthful power, less experience, home turf? And I can tell you already this evening, there's been some cracking fights as well. Cecilia Brakos in the women's welterweight division, mm. the only undisputed champion in the world currently male or female that could change tonight of course with what we're watching we expect that too whoever picks up all the belts tonight in the cruiserweight division there was a shocking de decision the first fight of the night as well Mohamed against Chudinov Chudinov looking all washed up he hardly won a round but somehow managed to nick a split decision he looked more surprised than anybody so hopefully Hopefully no contentious decisions at the end of this one because, of course, it is a Ukrainian in a Russian's backyard tonight. But I don't think it'll come to that. I just hopefully, anyway, we get to see an absolute cracker as Gassiev. They call him Iron. He is actually a member of the Iron clan, if you like. He's from Ossetia in southern Russia, down near Dagestan. And the Iron people is where he's descended from. So his nickname is very, very apt for him, Gassiev. And he makes his way to the ring now, packed 24,000 inside the arena again, Really lifting it for him, for their man, and, and Usyk, likewise, when he enters the ring. 
Do you not want to say anything, Gareth? You were waving at me there. I thought well, you had a I've, question for well, Dom well, there, mate. I, I'm ready to get stuck in. But I want to check with Dom. Apparently, when when uh, when the Chudinov fight was on, they announced Gassiev as the winner at the end of the fight. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so maybe we so do you know who's going to win. There so you yeah. go. They've yeah. already they've already started the scoring of that yeah, fight. I, I they? tell you, well, uh, uh, that was a shocking decision. Uh, uh, hopefully, we won't get anywhere near anything like that. But uh, you know, mm. again, I think that the, the two fighters will take care of business one way or the other, and we will be left in no doubt who who the the champion is. The main undisputed. Obviously. Don, the organisation of the World mm. Boxing Super Series, I know that we're still clambering for a date for the Super Middleweight yep. Final and a venue for the Super Middleweight Final, has, has left a little bit to be desired, let's be honest. But the actual events, the actual fights, I mean, flipping out, they've provided some serious entertainment, haven't they? Well, they have in, in both the Cruiserweight, obviously, and in the, the Super Middleweight Division. I mean, fight fans, all they want is to see the best against the best. Now, the Cruiserweight Division has not failed to deliver, has it? I mean, the Super Middleweight is lacking, you know, a couple of names, the, the, the likes of a James DeGale and others. But, you know, again, there have been some fantastic battles in there there's an all-British final whenever that's going to be it seems crazy really when the, the second series is about to start in September with a mouth-watching bantamweight and mm. super lightweight with British interest in both uh, but I, again it, it seems absolutely mad that Smith and Groves still don't know when or where they're going to fight but yeah, the fight quality you know you could say that obviously Callum Smith with the late replacement Nicky Holtzkin that was never really going to deliver what we wanted but you know it's always going to have little tweaks and, and overall I think that you know the series and the Sowland and Camosa, they've been quite lucky with the quality and the fact that it has engaged so many people. And, and you know, I think everybody agrees that we want it all to continue. We want undisputed fighters with exactly to, to mirror what the cruiserweights are about to do. Well, it's going to be hard for the WBSS to completely take over boxing, which is their kind of grand plan, of course, because yep. there's no way they'll get all of the champions. But I think the big, having a good go, though. Th- no, they are the big moves forward, which will encourage America, more American fighters to get involved. Is that they've now got this zone deal in America, streaming yep. in America. I think mm. that'll make a big difference. Um, one of the things that I I, I don't thought. Dom, you cover football all the time as well. One of the things that um, I, th- I found fascinating was a lot of people asking me during the World Cup, oh, who's Gassiev, who's Usyk, mm. while it was being advertised during the uh, the World Cup on ITV. I think they should have shown this free to British viewers, in my view, and mm, just put yeah. it on ITV tonight, not on ITV's box office. Yeah, and the same could be said, really, in terms of some of the pay-per-view fights that have happened with with UK fighters as well, because mm. really it's about building profile. And I know that if you speak to Joe Gallagher, you know, he wanted Callum Smith on free-to-air fights as much as possible. He wants to build the, the fighter's profile and, and use that opportunity. So, you know, uh, yeah, if it's terrestrial or near-terrestrial or free, at least, uh, on, one, on one of these channels, then it, it helps everybody. You'd, you, you would imagine, obviously, with the money that's invested by the, the investment people around this whole series, that, you know, the TV revenues might, might be a speck in the ocean. So is it about promoting their product or are they, are they you know, so keen on, on the pay-per-views? It mm. seems a, a funny balance, really, that maybe they haven't quite got right yet and, and I no, think as exactly. it grows they probably will and I think you know they, they could have really pushed the boat out on, on making this free getting an audience and then mm. maybe pushing a pay-per-view for Callum and George when that fight's announced the super middleweight final yeah. because that's going to be a pay-per-view by all, by all accounts as well and that's going to get kind of lost in the flotsam that's what worries me a little bit about this tournament in the UK because I do think it, it, they should have like you say put it on terrestrial to begin with got the audience excited and then built towards pay-per-view from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, particularly when you when you think of these two characters, as you mentioned, there was a little bit of profile during the World Cup with the advertising in and around, you know, the, the, the World Cup matches. But again, apart from boxing fans, 
the purists, if you like, you, nobody knows who these geezers are. And, yeah. and then to, to expect people to shell out £9.95 is mm. a tough ask. So, mm. yeah, you would imagine that this would have been a great one, particularly if they'd have advertised the fact that if you don't know anything about boxing, just watch this fight. Just watch this fight anyway. But if you don't know the characters, it doesn't matter mm. because this should be the fight of the year and this should whet your appetite for what this whole World Boxing Super Series is all about going forward. Now, um, you have just returned, uh, Dom, from a little bit of a trip from uh, Zimbabwe. We're going to be speaking about uh, Katie Taylor in a moment or two, but whilst you're out in Zimbabwe, I know that there were many other things going on, uh, but a good friend of ours, Stacey Copeland, uh, yeah. became the first uh, female from, uh, from our shores to uh, gain uh, a Commonwealth strap. Congratulations to her. Tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the wider trip, though, that you're out there, obviously using boxing as an education tool. Yeah, well, it, it was very interesting. I mean, it was Team UK were invited over to, to challenge a Team Africa. This was put together by Calicoda Promotions in South Africa. Uh, and, of, and it's also basically something that their fight nights are screened right across the African continent on Kweze Sport, which is Sky Sports, or ESPN in Africa, as it actually officially is. Uh, uh, so it's an opportunity for UK fighters to, to just get a different experience. So Mark Leach from Salford was one of the fighters uh, robbed on the night, incidentally. But then Mickey Ellison from your neck of the Woods up mm. in Darwin. He he had, did a great number on the local favourite. Sammy Antwi from London didn't go so well for him. He was stopped in the second round by a, a fellow from the Democratic Republic of Congo called uh, Amani Colombo, who's a, a fearsome fellow. But there's Stacey, the main event. She did the business, won yeah. that title. It was fantastic. But yeah, we, we went to schools, we went to orphanages, we went around, had a look around Zimbabwe. Obviously, there's been lots of bad press around it. Relations with the UK not great. So they, they were trying to to obviously use the trip, if you like, for us to see the best of Zimbabwe and, and help out the schools and all the fighters and the trainers were absolutely magnificent the way that they, they handle themselves for the whole trip and it was just really interesting and it's something that they're, they're trying to do again this team idea of using teams from different countries to fight and obviously it's based in Africa this idea but they want to take it all over the place so it was really really interesting it was fascinating for me to be a part of it and uh, you know a, a, again it was a, a really interesting trip and, and you know hopefully more of the same to come I saw your little face in the middle of the ring doing the ring announcing as well my friend I know, I know that you were doing bits you are doing bits while you are out there I was, I was keeping busy, don't worry about that. Yeah. There's plenty going on. Did you go on any little outings with Speaky, with Paul Speak, uh, Ricky Hatton's manager when no, you were out I, there? No, I, I saw Paul at Manchester Airport when we landed. He didn't actually, <laughs> he didn't get over, but... Um, Typical you know. Speaky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the world title will be next, he'll be there for that one. No, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dom, keep us up to date with everything that's going on in that Cruiserweight final. We'll be dipping back in throughout the course of the show. Um, Ring walks are right now. Yeah, they are. They're just happening right as, as we speak. And uh, a part of that team that went out to uh, Zimbabwe was Nigel Travis, who is Jamie Moore's right-hand man. Um, from Zimbabwe, he flew uh, to Offenburg in Germany for the uh, Rocky Fielding fight last week against uh, Tyron Zeuger, where Rocky Fielding became the regular WBA super middleweight champion of the world. Uh, hopefully, we'll be speaking to Nigel a little bit later on in the show, so do stick around. Uh, Nigel, of course, uh, actor, was in Peaky Blinders, as was Jamie Moore. He managed to get Jamie a gig in that as well. Fireman. Oh, he does the lot. He does the lot. But bit Coronish, of bo- Corey. That's it. Bit of boxing training as well. And uh, that gym. I think he had three pro fights, didn't he? Yeah. And that gym up in uh, Salford is absolutely flying. So oh, we'll be speaking yeah. to Nigel a little bit later on. Uh, just a quick one. Just a quick one on this final tonight. Because um, our very own cruiserweight, well, he's not cruiserweight anymore. He stepped up to heavyweight. But our very own WBC Emeritus champion in uh, Tony Bellew has been making a bitter noise recently aimed mainly towards uh, Tyson Fury, uh, but he has made noises about the winner of this particular fight, uh, Usyk Orgasia for uh, for uh, Tony Bell. What do you reckon? Um, or would you advise him go after Tyson Fury? In in purest terms, I'd love to see Tony fight the winner of this because yeah, um, 
it would make him the undisputed cruiserweight champion. And knowing Tony, well, I've heard Tony say anyway that he w- would love to fight the winner. Um, his uh, advisor and the man that's enabled him to make a lot of money in the ring in the last two fights with David Hay, um, Eddie Hearn, is probably telling him the right things, which are hold out for Tyson Fury, potentially Andre Ward, if Andre Ward comes back. That's a great fight over here. He's loved Andre Ward in the UK. Or, or even, uh, did we mention Donis Stevenson, perhaps? Mm. Those three guys are the names that Eddie Hearn would like him to face. They're all huge. Tony's a box office star now, which... Callum Smith, George Groves is to a certain extent, Callum Smith isn't. And that's the problem with with which we were talking about with Dom McGuinness just then, is that you can't make pay-per-view stars by putting them on pay-per-view. It's kind of, it's a wave that breaks. Tony's a big star. I think Tyson Fury, um, kind of March, April next year against... uh, the bomber against the bomber would sell really, really big, mm. big, big, uh, big, big. You listen to Fight Night on Talksport. Hopefully, uh, we'll try to speak to Katie Taylor next. But we appreciate it. it's a Saturday evening. She uh, might be knowing Katie; she's probably training. <laughs> so, well, she's fighting next weekend, isn't she? Yeah, on so, the, uh, so what, on the O2 undercard. So, what so. we're going to try and do, we'll try and get all of it. If we can't get all of it, we're going to speak about her anyway, because not only is she fighting obviously uh, next week, and we're looking forward to that, but she will be making. Uh, uh, some noises in America because uh, she was out there this week for the DAZN press conference. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. Let's go. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport with me, Adam Cantrell, and Gareth A. Davis. Lots going on in the world of boxing, of which we are going to uh, dissect over the next few hours or so. World Boxing Super Series Season 2, Super Lightweights and Bantamweights, we'll talk about that. Uh, we will as well talk about mixed martial arts at some point because there's an interesting development regarding the UFC UK TV deal, uh, which we'll bring up later on as well. Uh, but the big uh, news regarding TV deals this week was obviously the DAZN. Uh, TV deal over in the States where Eddie Hearn went over stateside, took a few of his uh, British fighters over uh, with him uh, and announced them to the American public and obviously revealed some American fighters that have decided to uh, fight on that particular streaming service uh, over in the States. The likes of the WBO uh, super lightweight champion Morris Hooker is going to be a part of it, as is uh, Demetrius Andrade, the middleweight, who is uh, the next in line for Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, and he took over AJ, who I, I thought Gareth played a little bit of a blinder at the uh, the zone press conference. Uh, not a lot of people know him over there. I know that he's a. You walk down the street here in the UK, and every man and his dog would know who Anthony Joshua is. But over in the states, I think he needs a little bit more of an introduction. Uh, and he, uh, let's just say, went in there with a bit of a bang. Nothing to do with Povetkin or Wilder. Um, another fighter that signed to Eddie Hearn Matchroom USA is Jarrell Miller, the big baby, the man that fights at just under three hundred pounds in the heavyweight division, mm. who started chipping up in the background. Then AJ showed us a showed us a side that I kind of liked. Oh no, I really liked. It. I think he took America by storm by doing that. Adam, I think babe, big baby Jarrell Miller really was the perfect foil for Anthony Joshua just to show that he's not taking any messing. Um, Miller tried to take centre stage. Uh, it was Joshua's moment. It, he's the big sell on DAZN on September the 22nd against Alexander Povetkin. The Americans love him. The American media really enjoyed. He turned around and gave him a face full of mush yeah. out of his mouth, a face full of expletives. I, bet, I, I think a bit of profanity was knocking about, wasn't it? It was brilliant. And I'm not going to repeat it, of course. Um, well, we you get a shut down. You get a shut you, down, Exactly. Bleep, 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 I don't bleep, have bleep, enough bleep, 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 bleep buttons. Exactly. But... <laughs> It just said, listen, don't mess with me. I'm the champion. Yeah. 
don't come around here bleating at me. Um, and also, there was a brilliant little video put out yesterday when Joshua actually found out later on that baby Gerald, big baby Gerald Miller was saying to him, and he missed this bit because he was doing the face-off with Pavekin at the time, mm. Miller saying, I want to date your mum. She looks great in a dress, uh, in a Sunday dress. And it ri- It's Joshua a good job he didn't t- hear that. It was, because Joshua was being interviewed afterwards, after the press conference, in a chair, and he was like, did he? He said, and he couldn't concentrate on the other questions that were being asked. And he's like, I'm still thinking about those questions. When they meet... And they will. We are going to have the first slapping on stage from Anthony Joshua towards Miller. I want them to fight now. I don't care if they fight in April. Mm. But Joshua is going to meet it out at Miller. By the way, Miller is not as bad as people make out. He was a very decent kickboxer. No, he's decent. He's, he's a very good all-round fighter. He's a natural heavyweight as well. Mm. But Joshua did himself no harm at all. He needs a lot more of that yep. in America. And I want him to be big over there mm. because we want to travel over there with him. I don't want to just dominate Wembley, dominate Cardiff, dominate this part Let's of the dominate world. the world. Let's dominate the world with Anthony Joshua. Uh, one person that was a little bit more dignified and always is dignified, uh, especially when no, she's I on our show. I think Anthony shows. was dignified. Hang on a minute. I, no, I'm not going to hang on. I want to uh, get I'm, on to I'm, I'm not interested on. in talking about AJ I'm now. I want to talk six weeks to get on Well, here. I can tell. I, I want to talk about <laughs> Katie Taylor is what I want to talk about. A lady that is always dignified when we speak to her, uh, apart from when she climbs through the ropes because she's an absolute animal when the she, bell goes. She is an animal. Um, but I'll tell you something. I'm, I'm quietly excited about her American debut. I know that we're going to see her next week, obviously, at the O2 doing her thing uh, against uh, Kimberly Connor, right? Yes. And I fully anticipate um, uh, Katie to come through that. Her American debut excites me because, apart from uh, Clarissa Brackhouse, right, mm. over in the States, I'm just trying to wrap Clarissa my... Shields, you mean? Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. Cecilia Brackhouse is fighting Ce- in Moscow That's tonight. right, yeah. Clarissa's the big star in America. The, both of those two ladies, yeah. right? Yeah. Apart from those two, I'm trying to wrap my brains. They haven't really got anything else in the boxing world. In the in, in the mixed martial arts world, I mean, there's a it's lot developed of... very, very quickly. There's a lot of female superstars yeah, for them yeah, to get excited yeah, about. Yeah, and I yeah. think Katie Taylor's going to be an absolute gem over there. I really do. Yeah, there's... That, there's Especially a, we are Irish background. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, you look at women's mixed martial arts, Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate, Kat Zingano, mm. Ilima Leigh McFarlane, um, you know, Valerie Letourneau, Joanna Jandrejcik, all these girls coming with Rose Namaj, Junus, there's names that jump out at you in boxing, like you say, you're right. Cecilia Breakhouse has dominated for many years. Undisputed champion. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I covered the 23rd title defence tonight, by the way, for the Norwegian. Her 23rd title defence is extraordinary. Um, I remember covering Leila Ali's debut in the late 90s, 98, um, 99. I, I went to see her fight uh, Joe Frazier's daughter, Jackie Frazier, live in a that. circus tent yeah. in Syracuse. Mm. It was amazing. All The old men were there. And and it was they just had a they had a cat fight if I can put it that way probably going to be called a misogynist now but it was like a cat fight they went at each other we wondered if Layla was going to be a big star but we couldn't find the, or they couldn't find the right opponent I wasn't looking for opponents for her they couldn't find the right opponents for her mm. to really promote her yeah, Breakhouse yeah. Clarissa Shields because of her fighting style. And her demeanour, she's extraordinary. She's a scowling mean cat, and she's from the ghetto, and she's brilliant. Katie for me, is the thoroughbred boxer. Mm. Thoroughbred. She's the woman to take over. I don't think that at the moment 
that Nicola Adams is resonating particularly. No. She's got to take on all those Mexicans and it's got to happen soon. But but she could. Um, and she's changing her style. But Katie has got, like you say, she is beautiful, silent and dignified. That's it. Yet when she climbs through, click, that switch goes and she is a raging bell in there. Mm. And, and she's always been like that. She's an extraordinary fighter. She's up against a very, very experienced opponent, by the way, on the DAZN debut in Cindy Serrano. Um, 35, 36 fights she's had. Um, she looks physically right. She is coming up from the weight division below. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree with you. Katie is slowly coming out of her shell. And I do think she's the kind of person who could really be a star in America. Mm. But she's got to come out of her shell a little bit more. She almost needs yeah, to I, go on the chat shows, do that kind of thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think we're going to see Anthony Joshua, without any shot of an out, do those types oh. of things. On the James Corden show, for example, and various shows like Singing that. Singing in a taxi. Oh, we, we're going to see all of that. And I think Katie Taylor needs, the, needs a piece of that. Uh, I spoke to Eddie about this the other day, Eddie Hearn, his promoter, Mm. and and he was saying that we do want to promote Anthony in America. We know he can be a big star over there, you know, and I've spoken to a lot of my colleagues over there, and they're all saying, yeah, and he can be big over here, but Eddie's saying, think about it. Look how we built him here. Look how he was built by the Olympics. It was the perfect storm. Mm. He won the Olympic gold medal, and they slowly built him. He's won over a lot of his critics. He's won over a lot of doubters. That Klitschko performance um, at Wembley last year, defeating Vladimir Klitschko in, in, a, in a fight with a dramatic narrative, created more fans, took him into the mainstream. He needs events in America to do that. And Eddie said... It's a whole journey to do it. And you also saw the other day that Anthony Joshua is playing it kind of off the hoof when he's in America. Probably got the red eye plane over. He was a little bit tired, a little bit edgy. Got pushed out of the photo to begin with to one side with big baby Gerald Miller in the middle. And we saw his temper. And it's not his turf. It's not his turf. I think, think, you know, if you take somebody out of their comfort zone, you start to see them home back to where where they naturally are. I mean, he's brilliantly media trained at this moment in time. He was amazing on Wednesday. Wednesday. His acuity, his clarity with the media, doing his, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I often do, you know, national newspaper sit down, interview a talk sport, sometimes a little Facebook Live, whatever, with William Hill. He's brilliant with all of them. He knows how to switch, sit down and have fun. He's very good and very trusting with a group of, say, 10 or 15 guys that sit with him and do the national newspaper stories. We go very deep with him. Um, He really knows his role. He's very comfortable in Wembley as well, Mm. or at Wembley. He's very comfortable in the UK. And he doesn't do any more than he needs to do. He's always been less is more. And I think he's doing a brilliant job of it at the moment. Mm. Um, That's why I think he's right on tune for for Povetkin. And one of the things we haven't heard from him uh, on this show, which he said on Wednesday, which I thought was fascinating, was, yes, I am thinking two fights at a time at the moment, not just the next fight. I'm not overlooking the guy who I'm facing, but I'm planning ahead the whole time because I'm developing my strategy as a boxer. He's becoming a more exciting version of Vladimir Klitschko for me. That's the style that Rob McCracken is trying to develop with him. Keep him on the leash. Let that big jab go. Keep that right hand up by his chin and let him go as he busts people up. That's how he'll beat Povetkin. Rob McCracken will let him off the leash after five or six rounds and he'll go and he'll knock the guy out. Mark my words. Well, let's have like a li- Usyk wins on points tonight. Well, let's have a listen to uh, <laughs> that conversation that you had uh, earlier on this week with AJ about uh, uh, planning uh, the next fights or the next two fights ahead. 
10 years, 10,000 hours, I've been boxing 10 years. And um, in terms of experience, studying, you learn about yourself. Um, and if you can kind of use that information and just keep on uh, working on certain things and looking at yourself in the mirror, am I going to be a better person if I do this? I've been doing that for so many years. And um, I feel like I now understand why I do things. I don't just, people haven't got to tell me, I know. So you know when like before it's like, don't touch the hot oven when you're a kid. But now I know not to touch the heart of him. I know better. So I'm only going to get better from that. Anthony Joshua catching up with uh, uh, Gareth Davis a little earlier on this week. Do stick around because we're going to get you an update from Moscow in a minute from the Cruiserweight uh, final for the Ali Trophy. Uh, the undisputed Cruiserweight champion of the world will be crowned tonight. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. Let's get a quick update, shall we, from Moscow with the uh, Cruiserweight um, final uh, in the Ali Trophy between uh, Usyk and Gassiev. I've just uh, caught a glimpse of it. Uh, and I'll tell you something, Usyk's footwork looks absolutely... It looks like he's turned up at the ballet tonight, Yeah, Gassiev's hands look heavy. Yeah, round three we're into now. We've got a minute left of round three. Usyk has just nicked the first two rounds, certainly comfortably the first round. The second one, Gassiev did have some success, a great left hook to the body, and did have those power shots on show. But really, as you say, it's the movement. Now, his big mate Lomachenko, we know all about him, mm. but he is dancing around like a lightweight himself. I mean, absolutely flicking out that southpaw jab. He knows the distance. He's got the distance completely sus. But Gassiev is having success, is extremely heavy-handed. But in terms of skill sets, there's yeah. a huge disparity between the two I mean you know you've got the absolute sublime skills of Usyk and yes the, the cruder power of Gassiev who it's a fascinating fight and it is living up to it uh, at the moment Usyk just looks too clever too experienced too canny for the more raw more powerful younger Gassiev can he, so, keep, can he keep it up though mate for 12 rounds he's got to walk onto one at one point hasn't he 
Well, he's been caught by a heavy body shot already, which may, you thought, would have slowed him down a little yeah. in the second round, but it didn't. He's still, again, he's still moving backwards, pivoting beautifully, just skipping around, getting under the jab. Everything about his movement is absolutely sublime. Uh, as I say, I mean, Gassiev, he might get frustrated. That's the yeah. thing. He might get wild. He might get reckless. He's going to try and look for openings, but at the moment, U6 just, I'd say he probably has taken all three rounds so far, the end of the third round now. Gassiev just looks a little bit dejected body language-wise as he makes his way to the corner because he doesn't know what to do with this fella at the moment but of course there's plenty plenty of time in this one and will this pace stay the same as you say could Yusek at 31 would he keep this pace against the younger man 24 Gassiev who's just going to do the, the one thing I think he's just going to keep relentlessly marching forward to try and find the opening try and let them bombs go he's getting, th- he's getting schooled at the moment I think one it? of the key mm. things Adam Dom is that you look at the semi-final when um, what the reason why I see you know, we've got the, the the fight on in a monitor here um, at Talk Sport. One of the things about Usyk, when he fought Marius Bredis uh, in the semi-final, I think he threw about 850 punches in that fight. Yeah, he, did. he did box, he did brawl. He's doing a very similar thing here. He's really outworking Gassiev, which I think, I think he has to do. He has to get four or five rounds ahead up to about the eighth or ninth round and then really box and brawl in, in bursts um, because Gassiev's going to come at the end and just try and go for the knockout. And but what we did see weirdly in against Junior Dortikos in Gassiev's semi-final, he boxed more and then he broke him down late in the fight. So, like you say, there's a long way to go in this. But I think Usyk's work rate. I've always That's felt good, this. His work rate and his skill set mm. can win him the fight. But. This guy, Gassiev, like his training partner, Golovkin, can knock people out with seconds to go. And that's what's going to be fascinating towards the end. So, man, Dom, we'll be back with you very, very shortly for a little bit more of an update from Moscow. A man that Dom was with um, last week in uh, Zimbabwe. He's joining us on the show right now. Uh, I'd say something. This man's CV, we could reel it all off. We could go actor extraordinaire, fireman extraordinaire, boxing trainer extraordinaire. He, I think he even uh, flew his own plane from Zimbabwe to uh, Germany last week, so pilot extraordinaire. It is, of course, Nigel Travis. Nigel, how are you, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm well, lad. Yeah, very, very, very good. Uh, I'm at work at the moment, actually. I'm on shift at the, the, the fire station in Moss Side. See, grafting. He's always grafting. Is this lad? <laughs> How far is it? Hi, good evening, Nigel. Lovely to have you on the show. Oh, thank you, mate. Okay, all good. good. Good, thank you. Um, how far is it from the fire station when you pack up your kit to the gym? Uh, about fifty metres. <laughs> <laughs> so you're always I'll, working, I'll over, always yeah, transforming always lives. I walk over the. I walk over the. Uh, I walk over the yard. Uh, about about forty steps away, and, I, and I'm in I'm in my spiritual home in the boxing club. That's it, so that's it. it's um, it's good. But as you say, it's a, it's a matter of I've trained for I've been a firefighter for twenty four years, and I'm trying to trying to save lives. And I do believe that I've probably saved more lives in the boxing club than I than I ever have pulling people out of burning buildings as as no. glamorous as it may seem. It's a really humbling. Um, Humbling job to, to to be in really being mm. over there and I, I can do I'm on nights tonight and then um, there's nobody there's nobody in tomorrow but ordinarily I'd be going in the gym and, and after a, a busy night on shift it's it's like I can go in the gym and it it lifts me up as if as if I've had eight hours sleep so it really is quite a humbling uplifting kind of place to to be to be in. 
Talk to me about last weekend because two very, very contrasting stories that you were involved with. Uh, one from Friday night and then obviously what happened with Rocky in Germany on Saturday night. We'll get to Rocky second, uh, but talk to me about the trip to uh, Zimbabwe because you just talked about humbling and changing people's lives and what have you. And the kids uh, out in Zimbabwe that you were working with alongside obviously Stacey and Dom we've just heard from, that must have been an amazing experience for you, mate. Yeah, it was. It's obviously it's maybe it's a bucket list uh, sort of sort of wish really to, to, to think about going to somewhere like to Zimbabwe to in Africa um, and, and and going on safari. But but really quite a quite a moving um, journey it was really because we we saw some obviously a lot of poverty out there and it's it's quite uh, it's difficult to, to to witness it and to be part of it really and you feel like you're like. You're going into these places, and it's like they wheel these these people out. It seems like they're bringing people out, and I feel a bit, I felt a bit unnerved at first, but it was really quite an inspirational visit. It was about it was it was about getting getting boxing back in Africa because there's been a there's been a shortage of it. They've not been they haven't done it for a long time, and especially in Zimbabwe, definitely not. So this trip was organised as part of um, the VIP um, Steve Wood. Um, Steve Wood, who's, yeah. who's the manager of VIP, he um, they, they had a, a, a the first leg was was six months ago uh, in Manchester, and uh, I think six opponents came over and boxed boxed, boxed a, a, a UK select team, uh, and it was a, it was a cracking uh, it was a cracking bill, and then. The return leg was for us to go over there, and so Mark Leach, who's who's my, one, who's one of our boxers in the gym, we went over there, and, and we knew. I mean, the opponent changed quite a lot. Uh, it changed three times prior to it, and when we finally fi- uh, found out who he was, we knew he was a strong kid. And when you go into Zimbabwe, you expect a, a tough fight. So Mark had a had a, a tough fight, so much blood, but, I, but I think I, I was quite, I was surprised, I was fuming when when it was voted, that when it was judged that he actually lost the contest, even though it was, um, and by the, and because as I was going to go on and talk about, I had to get away from the from the building straight away, so I, I'd insisted on Mark being on first, so I could I could get my flight, yeah, um, uh, to, uh, to 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 the next fight. Uh, so it was all agreed. Mark, Mark was on, and then I didn't have I didn't have time to argue and and, and shout and scream, which which I obviously would have, would have done if I'd have been staying in the country. Nigel, but, uh, Mark, Nigel, sorry, I just want to yeah. ask you um, the. Um... Zolani Tetu, of course, um, from South Africa, talks yeah. about. Um, basically, I was, I'm still involved in trying to get a, a, a crate full of um, old boxing equipment to go to his gym in uh, in Southern Cape. Um, he yeah. he told me that, and I don't know if it's the same in Zimbabwe, that there was literally one heavy bag and a couple of pairs of gloves, and there was a long queue of people, they'd line up in a queue to use the heavy bag. Did you witness that kind of thing in Zimbabwe, we where we think... We didn't witness any of it because they don't have anything. So, so wow. I, I mean, Zolani's talking about that one bag. There was, there was no bags. There was no gyms. What would you and like to was, see? What would you like to see done by, by British boxing itself? Do you think we well, should I mean, be making big donations and, yeah, and we should be going over all the time and taking events there? I believe he's, he's taking the time to do it and, and, and making it popular in this country again because obviously if they haven't had the 
they're not aware of it. And, and when and this was like a, an information, an informational trip, we went out to to inform these kids and just to to publicise it. But it's such an untapped resource of there has to be ferocious talent out there. You know, there's, there's actually. There's, there's a there's a massive millions and millions and millions of, of people to, to choose from, and the, the talent pool is mm. enormous. So, but there's nothing now. While we were over there, we uh, we got in contact with people who have gyms in Victoria Falls or in the north of the country. So, we're going to do what you're saying there, guys. We're going to we're going to send some stuff over yeah. because. It touched us. It touched us greatly. You know, there was myself, um, Alex Matbianco, who's, who's up in um, in Bolton, the, the elite gym. It was just so touching and so moving to, to see that these kids had genuinely nothing. If, so if we, you want we, to get we, me involved, I'm seriously now. I want to be involved in this. I want to write about it in the Telegraph. I want. We want to broadcast these stories. I want you to do exchanges with these kids. Get them over to the UK. We want these kind of people on the show because it is inspirational. Um, you know, it's it's a brilliant thing. Look, I want to ask you something else, right? You've acted. You've done a lot of acting. You've saved a lot of lives as a firefighter. You've transformed lives as a boxer. But tell me which was the hardest role to play? Boxer villain, two thousand. <laughs> An eleven injustice, um, thug. It says <laughs> fighting thug in Darren Brown, Fear and Faith, two thousand twelve. <laughs> Hang on a minute, armed robber in Emmerdale, two thousand and thirteen. Um, hang on, hang on. There's more. There's more. Boxer, boxer villain again. I mean, are you a ta- are you typecast there, Nigel? Ca- 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 <laughs> Cavern bouncer, nowhere boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nowhere, boy. Um, I was I was throwing John Lennon out of a out of a, out of a cavern. Yeah, listen, I've got a I've got a I've got a Facebook coming second. Uh, so so, so luckily, there's, there's plenty of work for it. But and and and, um, and and I'm fortunate. Listen, I'm 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 blessed. I'm genuinely, genuinely blessed. I I got into the to, to the acting game just just by sheer chance. I was I was in London at uh, Fitzroy Lodge. Uh, with Mickey Carney and somebody came in, took a few photos of us and said, "Do you fancy doing a bit?" And I said, "If you're going to pay me, of course I'll do." So <laughs> they, they, I, I got my my first um, ever gig as such was um, playing a boxer in Love Is the Devil, which was uh, the life and times of uh, Francis Bacon. Uh, it was with uh, Barry Jacobi and Daniel Craig. Um, so that was my first. Baptism of fire, really, and the, and the stunt coordinator of that, that that job said, "You got an interesting face. Would you would you fancy doing some more?" And I said, "Yeah, of course. Why not?" And that was it. And that was, and then. Away you go, so, so then, two years and later, you you're go. playing a psychiatric patient in um, Broadening yeah, Horizons. Nice. That's Broadening Horizons. Yeah, <laughs> again, but I'm, I'm I'm winging it, guys. Honestly, I've, I've winged. I've winged it off from from day one. You know, you if your face fits it and you get in. That's and, it. And, and as soon as you get into get to the door, some, usually in the first, in in the in the ten steps it takes to walk into an audition room, you usually know whether you're yeah. you're fit for it or you or you're set for it. So, and sometimes you can just laugh and talk away, and, and sometimes they, they, they like your personality, and, and they seem to seem to embrace that. And, and, and I've got jobs for it, but yeah, listen, I, my face, as I said, it looks like it's been taking a few licks. So that that's the that's the characters that I always play mm. with you. 
ruffians and villains. Well, off the back of that trip to uh, Zimbabwe last night, uh, last week, should I say, last Friday night, obviously, Stacey did what she did and then you jumped on a plane, flew to Germany because you needed to be in the corner for uh, Rocky Fielding's world title escapades against Tyron Zuger. What an unbelievable night that was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, uh, for, for for us and, and for our gym, it's um, it's fantastic. It's our first, you know, world champion as a um, as a process. So me, myself and Jamie uh, working our VIP. It's our first real, uh, re, re, our biggest thing that we've done up to date. But it, yeah, it was a it, again, it was fantastic. Um, I, I heavily fancied him, as we all did. We heavily fancied him before, and and really in the back of my mind, I thought I cannot miss this because I think he's going to win, or I know he's going to win. That's how I felt. Yeah. So uh, we, 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 I priced up the the, the flights, and, and the um, and it was four flights um, from leaving at leaving at nine o'clock, um, which was Zimbabwe time, and arriving at, at half five. The, the next day in, in France to get a taxi across to Germany. Wow! So it, it really was planes, trains, and automobiles. But uh, and it, but it was it was worth it was worth every every penny. It was worth every second because because it was such a such a great conclusion. And as I say, we did fancy him, but he he was just he was flawless, and, and he did exactly as he's been doing in the gym. You know, mm. my, myself and Jamie's wrists and, and ribs have been battered and bruised for months and months and months because the, the kid can genuinely genuinely hit like a mule he really is so powerful and it's something that I don't think people are aware of and certainly Zoyga definitely wasn't uh, and he and when he hit it it was like it, it, the, you saw saw the blood drain out of his face he was like wow this kid's something special and he really really is so and although obviously People thought that, that, that and people went against him because obviously it, it was it was a big it was a big ask of him going to to Germany and obviously his his, his worst defeat or his worst time up to that day was was against Cam Smith but he's, he's a different beast he genuinely genuinely is top man listen Nige superb mate thank you very much for being All on the right, show boys. buddy Good night, I'll let you get back to uh, proper work mate take care <laughs> take it easy God bless uh, Nigel Travis there um, Jamie Moore's right hand man obviously flying from Zimbabwe fantastic trip last week educating uh, the masses uh, in Zimbabwe and obviously taking part in that fantastic uh, Commonwealth effort from uh, Stacey Copeland then flying catching trains catching planes catching automobiles to be in Offenburg last week for a memorable night for uh, for Rocky Fielding that Jimmy's absolutely flying and they're back in action in August uh, when uh, Carl Frampton does his uh, Windsor Park uh, date obviously uh, Nigel was just referring to there Rocky being the uh, the product of that particular gym compared to Carl already being a world champion I suppose when they, when they did uh, start to look after him but they're definitely improving him looking forward to him be, doing his thing in uh, at Windsor Park no question well I think one of the one of the keys now I mean the WBA came in for a bit of flack. Not Rocky or Manny Pacquiao won versions of the WBA titles uh, last weekend, but um, the fact that WBA has a regular and a, and a super champion, the ideal thing for happen, not for George Groves, but if Callum Smith can win uh, the WBA super title and Rocky and Callum rematch, they can get the two belts together, and I think that would be amazing. Hmm. Um, I'd love to see Rocky face Callum again. Um, but yeah, they did a great job. Callum's got to beat George Groves though first, mate. He has. Got, well, you've got him winning anyway. I have got him winning. Him winning. I have got him winning. But we've got to get a date first, mate. I tell listen, you what, we'll continue that conversation in a minute because I'm sticking something quite close to that into the uh, Hall of Fame in a moment or two. Cool. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on Talksport. Don't go anywhere. Oh, 
Jackson Hall of Fame. Uh, every single week on Fight Night, we stick something into the Hall of Fame. It can be a fighter, it can be a fight. We've even put groups of fans in there. Uh, the guys that used to follow Ricky Hatton worldwide, especially those memorable trips against Mayweather and Pacquiao to Las Vegas. They were good nights. Uh, tonight, I'm going to be quite obvious uh, with my choice of Hall of Fame. Knockout tournament sticking in there, Gareth. It seems that we've got a fantastic final tonight uh, in the Ali Trophy. Uh, which has been an absolute success. If you remember when this all started, uh, we kind of uh, had the conversations about um, the possibility of it being brilliant. But our previous experience of knockout tournaments was the Super Six, which involved Carl Froch and uh, Took two and a half years. That was our old yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that the the possibility of getting these fights and these fighters, first of all, involved in a competition over uh, a nine-month, ten-month period, and then at the end to have an undisputed champion crown. Of course, we're not going to see that in the super middleweight division, but I think that this particular uh, division, the cruiserweight division, has kind of set precedent for me going forward. And we're quite lucky, season two. I think we've been quite blessed with uh, the amount of champions in the bantamweight division that have got involved. No question about it. We've got some uh, decent champions involved in the super lightweights as well. There's a couple of omissions, of course. There is. You're always going to get that with politics in this uh, sport that we absolutely love. Uh, But without any shadow of a doubt, this cruiserweight tournament in the World Boxing Super Series has kind of raised the bar now, not just for the Sowlands who run this tournament, but other promoters as well. Fight fight fans want to see the best against the best and they want to see all the marbles on the line that's what we want to see yeah absolutely and and it you know it surprises me that um we haven't had you know uh sky sports box nation some of the other channels bt sports step up and try and buy the the second series of the tournaments frankly because you know we talked about itv earlier putting a lot of it on uh, box office you know it's 9.95 for fans tonight you know we're into the uh, ninth round of the final between um, Usyk and Gassiev in Moscow at the moment and Usyk well, I'm sure we'll come to Dom McGuinness who's is there for us of course um, but Usyk schooling him but you know what we needed to see who is the number one in the division this tournament has made the cruiserweights fashionable again mm. it will make the other the particularly smaller weights the heavyweights dominate at the moment the, the welterweights um, and the um, super middleweights dominated for many years because of Mayweather, because of Pacquiao, because of the likes of Roy Jones Jr. and Joe Calzaghe and all these guys. But we can see through the WBSS, the World Boxing Super Series, through having these tournaments, it does bring the smaller men to the fore. And mm. I think we will see that in some of these uh, second series tournaments. I'm delighted about no, it. No, absolutely. And I think, of course... It's well documented the amount of money that they are having to spend in order to get these guys into this particular tournament. But money talks at the end of the day. And I think if we do, you know, reimburse these gentlemen for putting themselves on the line, we were speaking to Glenn earlier on about this being an extremely dangerous sport. And if you're reimbursing world champions uh, to the level that they they wish to uh, earn, they will sign up for anything. They really will. They're fighting people at the end of the day. If the money makes sense, they will do it. Uh, A lot of the times fights 
fall off because of politics within various sanctioning bodies and obviously the finances that are connected to particular fights. Yeah, but when they know but when they know Adam that they've got three fights over 9 months or 10 months or a year and they know at the end of it they will be crowned a world champion and there's or an undisputed prize, champion or an undisputed champion or there's 5 million pounds on the line, you know, for the winner or they're earning well on the way. There's world champions out there that fight for 60k. Yeah. You know and it's it's not right. Well, well, so, well, well let's look at it. Tonight, for example, over in over in the states Liam Smith is going to be fighting a guy called Jaime Munguia. A lot of fight fans listening to this right now, driving up and down various motorways, might never have heard of Jaime Munguia. He's a Mexican You're kid. You're saying it right. I like it. Yeah, Munguia. Well, yeah, yeah. Munguia. He's a Mexican kid, 20, 21 years 20 of years age. Old. He's really just, five years ago. Yeah, he's just burst really onto the scene as he beat Saddam Ali. I mean, he was rumoured to be stepping in for He's a Canelo. very big light oh, he's, he's massive. He's six foot tall. His but, dad was a heavyweight pro, you know. But we'll get it just that. shows how big he's going to We'll be. get onto that in a minute. I just want to yeah. talk about the yeah. actual purses. Yeah. That's a world title fight. Right, Liam Smith is getting paid seventy five thousand dollars for that yeah, fight. Exactly. Now you compare it to the guys that are involved in this uh, particular competition. Yeah. And you're talking millions. There's five million on the line for the two winners of these tournaments. Millions right now. Yeah. That's mi- what it is. Millions. Life changing type of money. Now, if you put these guys going into this tournament, Usyk and Gassi, if we were fighting tonight, were already world champions going in. They've achieved their dream of becoming a world champion. Now it's about life changing money and changing their lives. Mm. Of course, mm. the temptation of becoming mm. an undisputed champion and creating history that would have lit them up as well. Yeah, but. I'm sure five million dollars taught to them first before yeah. the opportunity yeah, of becoming absolutely. the undisputed champion. You've got to pay these guys right, and if you pay them right, they will come to the party. It's a tough old life, you know, and and I think it's absolutely right. They're doing everything right, you know. We've been big fans of it from the beginning. We've sung its praises over and over again, and it's brilliant. There's a second series with three weight divisions. It's absolutely brilliant. Look, you did Hall of Fame just now. Can I have a culture? corner moment just for a second you can have one later we've on the show we've got a, so we've, it's a designated piece for the later on this show why do you want to jump the gun do you know what it is right you've been away for six weeks and you want to blooming I'm, I'm, I'm jumping the gun smash it out all, the gun. all in one go keep your powder dry I've lost son. my mind it's all that plankton I've been that's s- what it is you need to stay off the plankton you need to have a little <laughs> bit of a chill and just let me guide you into certain positions <laughs> of the know, show do, all you right, know, do you know what it was it's because we've had Nigel Travis on and I, I've got my actor boxer story to tell you right, okay. and you'll love it alright then you will love well, it well that's what we call a tease now people are listening they'll think oh I might love that as well I'll stay for later on in the show. But I'm going to go back to the Hall of Fame, which is that this actual piece of the actual show, mate, and just say, long live the knockout tournament. I mean, the, we've, we've tried and failed in the past to do knockout tournaments. I personally was a massive fan of prize fighters. Do you remember that? When oh, they used to brilliant. have three fights only in one night, three rounds of three and all that type in the, of carry in the on. York Hall with oh, 1,800 people I've got to say, John Exton's loving this because on Twitter he's saying to us, Adam, I'm listening to the great show tonight while watching the Cruiserweight That's what we're doing. YouTube channel. That's what we're doing. Love it. That's exactly it. what we're doing, mate. That's, That's ex- what Saturday Well, I'll tell you what about. we'll do. We'll break off from the Hall of Fame because we're loving the uh, knockout tournament so much. We'll get an update from this particular fight. Uh, the cruiserweight's going toe-to-toe at this moment in time between Usyk and Gassiev. Don McGuinness, what's going on, mate? Well, we're deep into the ninth round. We've got about 45 seconds of this, and this has been possibly the most dominant Usyk round. He has pretty much schooled Gassiev from the off. I'd give Gassiev the fourth round a big right that Usyk took really well at the end of that round, just edged that round for the Russian, but otherwise it has been an almost flawless display. Gassiev has been limited to single power shots here and there, but Usyk has taken whatever's come his way. He's been hit low a couple of times as well. The referee, Celestino Ruiz, has had a word with Gassiev on a couple of occasions, but that's just frustration because Usyk is just boxing sublimely. His movement is still there after nine rounds. He's dancing around the place. He's getting through Gassiev's guard as well. All his combinations are finding the target. 
target. And Gassiev is very frustrated. He is going to get more and more desperate and wild in these championship rounds as well. But in the, after the ninth round, I give it eight rounds to one in favour of Usyk. It's unbelievable, this. Honestly, I genuinely no, thought that this on. would... No, come on. You're all picking Gassiev. Gassiev's still dangerous. He'll pour it on for the last two yeah, rounds. Yeah. Usyk is so much the superior boxer. You knew that going into this. But what I did know going into this is that he does get caught a lot. And he's, and I know that he has been tagged a couple of times, but Work nothing... Rate. He's never allowed... But nothing's hurt him. I, I know we should, we're, we're on a radio show and we shouldn't be watching the fight while we're doing it, but we have been watching it. We haven't even looked each other in the eye for about 35 minutes because we've got our eyes glued to the screens. Look, he's not allowed Gassiev to get any momentum in no the rhythm fight whatsoever. At all. And Gassiev looks demoralised, exhausted, but I'm telling you, we're in the ninth. Watch the last two rounds. He's going to come and throw those dangerous winging right hands. He's going to need them. And Usyk is tiring a little bit, in my view. Just a little. He's, you know, seven years old, of course. But do you know what? Hmm. It's going to be a great finish. Great left uppercut from Usyk there. All right, commentator. All right, commentator. Calm yourself right, down. Well, we'll keep I'm people up to date with all this type of stuff. It should be a great finish. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of this, someone will be crowned uh, the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. And if it basically carries on as it has been doing for the previous uh, nine, ten rounds, uh, it will be Alexander Usyk, who's been absolutely sensational. Correct. Uh, control the feet, control the fight. That's basically how this is going, isn't it? Brilliant. Absolutely Spot sensational on. from uh, Alexander Usyk. Uh, we've still got quite a lot to get through uh, on the show tonight. Um, and we will do uh, a little bit of uh, mixed martial arts chat as well because there's a couple of developments uh, with Bellator and the UFC, a TV deal for the UFC, which is uh, under scrutiny at the moment with BT Sport, which I don't think you're going to like, but we'll talk about it anyway. Uh, and we've also got a little bit of uh, boxing to get stuck into and uh, that super fight that Gareth alluded to a little earlier on with Gennady Golovkin and uh, uh, Canelo because you've been catching up with Gennady Golovkin. So we're going to uh, have him on the show as well a little bit later on as well. So make sure you stick around for that. This is Fight Night on TalkSport. It is available as a podcast just in case you have just dipped into the show. Uh, but coming up next, more chat. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on TalkSport. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis alongside me. Lots to get through in the final hour of the show. Uh, don't forget this show is available as a podcast via the uh, TalkSport website and via iTunes. If you want to get involved with that, more than welcome to subscribe. Uh, our nonsense will be up there for you on a week-by-week basis. Uh, don't forget next week, by the way, uh, we're on air from 7 o'clock on TalkSport as we come live an exclusive from the O2 Arena for Dillian White versus Joseph Parker. Fantastic undercard of which we'll be covering, but myself and Gareth will be providing the show from ringside at the O2 and will be accompanied by our guest from earlier on in the show, uh, Glenn McCrory, who will be uh, obviously giving us some expert insight uh, to the fight game. So make sure you come and join us from 7 o'clock next week, an extra five-hour programme. Eh? Anybody yeah, think brilliant. that Anybody br- think that they like our show here, the, the bosses here at TalkSport, giving us all this extra time? It's brilliant. I've mm. been debating people on Twitter all week, Adam, about how big this fight is, and it really does define who fights Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua next if they don't fight each other. Mm. There's so much at stake. Mm. It's going to be a sellout crowd. I think they're set up for seventeen or 18,000. Just can't wait for that moment when we all sing Sweet Caroline again. Who'd have thought it, Neil Diamond? Back in the game. Out 40 it, I hope ago. he's on good PRS. That's all I'll yeah, say. Exactly. Uh, now then, um, as I normally do when I do football programmes here on Talk Sports, I, uh, I like to set a little bit of a trivia question for a lot of people getting involved with the show. I don't do trivia. 
Do you not? I don't... Me, trivia. Right, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going to set you a question just to see if you can answer it. Okay. And we're going to open it up to people that are participating uh, in the programme tonight. Lots of texts, lots of tweets coming through. So you can tweet Gareth at Gareth A. Davis DT, right? right. At Gareth A. Davis right. DT if you want to help him out. All right? But I reckon that you'll get these anyway yourself. But what I'm going to do... I'm not good on trivia. Well, I'm going to set the question now. And to finish the show, you are going to submit your answers. All right? To finish the programme. Is it things like, do you hold your little pinky up? When no, it's you a boxing drink... question. Okay. Oh, that's all It's right, a boxing then. question, man. Better get it right then, You know, I? yeah, you better so, have so to. So I'm going home rather than away, yeah? That's it. That... Going home rather than away. It's a home away. question. It's a home question, all It's a right. home question, right. Here we go, then. Let's have a little bit of tension music, shall we? Right, are you ready? Now, as I was stating a little bit earlier on this show, the WBO became recognised as a legitimate title in 2004-ish. All right? No. Ish. Around 2004. Ish. Yeah, ish. 2003-2004. I'm not going to go into Mike Parry mode, but you can't set a question. Well, it's the end of 2003 into the start of 2004. People can argue, right? right? Are you ready? I'm taking this seriously. Do. No heavyweight has ever been a four-belt WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO, undisputed champion of the world. But five men have been a three-belt WBA, WBC, IBF pre-2004 undisputed heavyweight champion of the world alright name those five okay alright so think about it don't give me any answers now people are going to participate in the show alright I've got four down already I've just alright calm down well hang on a minute people are going to help you out you might have jumped the gun here you so might have jumped the gun. What do I get if I get this right? Do I do you, I get to go to the fight next weekend at 7 o'clock and be on air till midnight? That's it. That's your prize. That's your prize. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so for people playing at home, this is it. The WBO became recognised as a legitimate title in 2004. No heavyweight has ever been a four-belt undisputed uh, champion of the world. But five men have been a three-belt undisputed champion. Can you name those five men that held the WBA, the WBC and IBF Heavyweight Championships of the World. This is obviously pre-2004, post, I think, 1988, when the IBF became uh, a legitimate belt. All right, so between that... The yeah, former yeah. NABF, North America Boxing right. Federation, oh, IBF. That, I mean, that's why they always favour the Americans. It's so political, all this stuff. There you go. That's your trivia question. At Gareth A. Davis DT, if you want to help him out, you can tweet me as well, if you wish, at Adam Catterall. Brilliant uh, Get in contact with the show. Uh, now then, let's have a quick dip into the world of mixed martial arts, shall we? Because we had a fascinating yeah. conversation uh, on last week's programme whilst you were in Rome, my friend, uh, talking about uh, lads fighting in the Coliseum, eh? Yeah, amazing. Well, you know, I mean, I was over there with Bellator last week. They've got massive ambitions in Rome um, and uh, look, let's listen to Scott Coker, the, the CEO of Bellator. I began by asking him, um, and he told me about he how he and the legendary Fedor Emelianenko took a wander around the historical gladi- gladiatorial site of the Colosseum, Adam. Fedor took a tour yesterday of the Colosseum, and we had, a, a, we had lunch, and he was showing me his pictures. And I said, Fedor, if this was 2,000 years ago, you would have been in there fighting. This would have been you. And he said... I think so, yeah, I think so. I said, no, you would have been. And then he started telling you the history of, you know, like how many fights he would need to fight, that there was a contract, there was a school. I, I go, wow, this sounds very familiar. It sounds like the modern day, you know, MMA, right? And uh, it's fascinating. I mean, if you think about the history of this country and the world domination that they had for so many years and just the, uh, you know, the, the feeling in the air, you can feel it. And when you're here, it's, it's fascinating. And, you know, and I, and I have to say this, living in America and growing up, you know, in Asia and America, it's like 
you know, you hear about the story and you hear about the story, and it's, and it's like a, it's like a fairy tale. Yeah. But when you're here and you're looking at it and you're inside it and you have the, the story and telling you all the details of it, it, it just puts it right in your face and it just makes it so real. And you're like, wow, it, it is, it is impressive, man. It's unbelievable. You're going to take it a step further. The the, 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 the sports commissioner of Rome itself, of the principal, uh, the, the municipality of Rome, SPQR, is saying that it may be possible to an ev- to do an event actually in the Colosseum. What an honor it would be to uh, to be the first, you know, combat sports event back in the Colosseum after 2,000 years. It's, it's extraordinary it's dream, that. Isn't it? No, it's a dream, and, and honestly, it's it's been a dream for the last 20 years to do something like that, and. Uh, and we're going to work hard to make it happen. We're going to work with the government and the Minister of Sport, and we're with Apollo here, and we're going to we're going to we're going to try to make it happen because uh, that's something that's that's a bucket list item. Outstanding uh, news that because we're taking it back to gladiatorial times, aren't we? No, it'd be, it'd be incredible to do that. I think they've got a. I think they've set their stall out, but I I don't know. I mean, they've had Pavarotti there in the past. They've had opera in the past. But I think it'd have to be set up for four or five hundred people. Scott was telling me off air there that um, potentially they do it as a charity event for the city, and you have maximum four or five hundred people black tie event. And in the f- big field next door, you have a giant screen with three thousand fans as well. Um, but it'd be an amazing event. It was amazing to be at the um, the Foro Italico in the in the outdoor. I love it when you talk foreign. When you've got you, you, like me and Mama de Napoli, yeah, yeah. You, you throw your accents in there. Go on, carry on. No, but it, but it it was amazing to be in the tennis centre where the Italian Open's held in the open air with the with the the, the cage coming down, the, the fighting arena coming down. Look, I think fight sports are about creativity. Eddie Hearn three years ago, when he or three and a half years ago it was two thousand and fourteen when he put on George Groves and Carl Froch in that kind of controversial rematch and they re- <clears throat> excuse me fought again for the IBF title. They didn't know they were going to sell 80,000 seats for, for Frotch and Groves. It set a precedent. Mm. I think there's a creativity in our promoters at the moment um, to do those kind of things. For goodness sake, Scott Coker wants to do, his other ambition is to do an event on side a US, on the top of rather, a US aircraft carrier. Mm. For 600 troops. Now, listen, I mean, come on. Regarding, regarding the love of MMA here in the UK, mm-hmm. we've spoken on many, many occasions regarding the situation about a, a TV deal, right? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the Bellator one, you, you've told me that they are that, that something's happening. Something's happening. We are going to get, rather than it be on tape delay, rather than we're going to have a week's delay before we see events, we're going to start to get live events because they are Bellator have now a part of the DAZN deal over in the States. You would anticipate that something's coming our way uh, sometime soon. Now, on the flip side of that, I'm I'm, I'm a little bit worried about um, how the fan base of mixed martial arts here in the UK does grow, especially when I'm hearing that the UFC, for example, who have a current TV deal with BT Sports, that's coming to an end at the end of this year. A streaming service called uh, Eleven Sports is going to be taking over that in 2019. And therefore, the big pay-per-view events in the UFC are going to be pay-per-view events here in the UK. And oh, that, I think that'll happen. It's yeah, been on the way, Adam. But that, that does not help growing no. an audience, especially it, at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. No, that just I agree. won't happen. It's, 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 a, it's a mess, frankly. Um, so is Bellator's TV deal in the UK as well, by the way. And you know me. I'm asking them every single event I'm at hmm. what's happening. There is going to be a 6 to 8 event series here that I'm hoping is going to go on Channel 5 because that's what will help grow an audience. Mm. You know, I think when when um, Huey Fury fought Sam Sexton, 
for the British heavyweight title just recently. Yeah. I think it was over a million audience on Channel 5, 1.8 million. Mm. You've got to try and put fights mainstream. on live now on the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Now, if Channel 5 said they were they were kind of getting aboard with the UFC and they were going to show Bellator as well, I think they'd build the audience to a million for every event. If Sky said they were getting on board and they were just going to do five pay-per-views a year, I'd buy that. Uh, no, I would. I would buy that. But At 3 o'clock in the morning? Well, I mean... How many other people are buying that at 3 o'clock in the morning? What I was going to say was at something like 9.99 or... The, 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 the secret is these mobile phones. I think what we should be able to get very soon, and this is, I think, the mixed martial arts world will do this, and we're seeing it with DAZN. Once you buy it, whatever, however you want to access it, you can be sitting at dinner, have it on your phone, mm. you know, on your laptop when you're working. That's you the can, secret you can to all th- of this. Well, you can do through UFC Fight Pass, but again, that's another... You can't s- get everything, though. No, you can't. You can get. Then that's you, the problem. You can get certain things. There's yeah, no one-stop shop for all of it. So, yeah, yeah. you know... It's a little bit, you know, it's it's almost like being jilted, I think. Yeah, it is. You, 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 you buy into this one access, but you've got to buy this other thing. Listen, they've got away in it with it in America for a very long time. That's the culture there. We have a subscription service culture here. Mm. It will wor- it will really work itself out in the next mm. uh, couple of years it, because the creases are going to come out. OTT, over the top. Um, streaming services are the future. We're going to be pulling a little cord on our phone to bring out a screen at some point in the near future. They'll be the next phones, and we'll just be taking the stuff with us. Um, look, I'm not sure. It hasn't been confirmed yet about the UFC deal, but it could be the wrong move for them in some ways. Mm. You know, who knows? Uh, let's um, move away from uh, mixed martial arts back into the world of boxing because that fight now in Moscow has finished between uh, Usyk and Gassiev for the undisputed cruiserweight championship of the world. Don McGuinness, I can see a man's hand raised. Tell me more. Well, it is the man from Ukraine who has all those belts and he's just now about to receive the Muhammad Ali trophy of Nani Ali, the widow of Muhammad Ali. She's going to present the Muhammad Ali trophy to him. So Alexander Usyk, as we well knew, we'd just seen an absolute sublime mastercraft of boxing completely in line with his friend who dived in the ring afterwards as well, yes, Vasin Lomachenko. I mean, basically, you would expect that kind of performance from Lomachenko, but the big cruiserweight has put on something similar. As far as the judges are concerned, the Judge Di Fiore, 119-109, Judge Taylor, 120-108, and Judge Verbeek, 119-109. It really was as emphatic as that. If Again, there were no complaints from Gassiev. There was great respect shown between the two men at the end as he well. Knew. He knew that he got outdanced, man. He, he, he was completely frustrated. He did have success with single shots, but Usyk has got a great chin, and he, he sucked it up, and, and obviously some of the body work as well, low blows as well, that uh, Gassiev has frustrated. Gassiev tried to land. Usyk just you know basically smiled and carried on doing what he did from the start of the, the fight to the end, and that is just moved beautifully. He has that, that, that brilliant reach as well. He had the longer reach, and he used it to great effect. He always measured distance perfectly. And again, as I say, it, it was a, a masterclass in boxing. And again, he is very, very much the man. Uh, there's all sorts of stories around Usyk as well. Could he step up to heavyweight and again get in the mix? Because we all love well, a nonsense just, well, story with that Josh tonight, and all the rest of it. Watching that tonight, there's no question that he could compete. But does he have enough power to really, no, really uh, cause uh, bother? No, I think. Uh, he, he's six foot three. He, he's a super 
superb athlete, as we can see. And, you know, there, there, you could argue that no no big heavyweight, a Joshua, if you like, could land a blow on him. But uh, I'm not quite sure it would make for the spectacle that, you know, that you'd expect in that division. I think that he's, he's in the right division. He's just proved that. I mean, he's just, he's the boss of the division, as all those belts would prove. And mm. again, just from start to finish, it, it made a mockery of the odds, though, didn't it? It made a mockery yeah. of the 50-50. We, he was so superior. No one would have would have predicted he'd be so superior and Gassiev would be so frustrated which was the the way it panned out well it was 120 108 119 yep. 109 119 yep. 109 on the card so yep. it was literally a shutout it was it was um, yeah. but it, the, the, the thing is this 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 avalanche will now begin dom adam for people saying oh he could school joshua now he's a much much smaller man than anthony yeah. joshua let's wait to see them next to each other i'd love to see him step up to heavyweight um i think he will um well he's the undisputed champion now so what else is there for him to do in this division he's beating everybody it's a brilliant thing to do but he's not ready Deontay Wilder would give him nightmares as far as I'm concerned. Anthony Joshua is a very big, big man for him to fight. And as you both said, it's the power. Yeah. Can he carry his power up to heavyweight against a man who's going to be 30 pounds heavier? Love to see it. This is what we're in this sport for, to see these great nights and these great challenges. I hope he fights Tony Bellew first, though, and then steps up. <laughs> That's a tough fight uh, for Tony. I yeah, think I'm Tony's looking at that, maybe thinking, I'll have a go at Tyson Fury instead. I think, <laughs> I think Tony would prefer Joshua than that fellow. I mean, on, on that showing tonight, I mean, in terms of just the skills and, and everything about it. And the thing is, as well, if he was to step up to heavyweight, you know, would he negate some of the, the, the beauty that we've seen to try and mix it with the bigger boys? Would he try and bulk up and try and, you know, power up? I mean, again, it, it, would, it wouldn't be the use that we've just seen, which was a thing of beauty. It was outstanding, that, to be fair, mate. And like, well, like what you said, the 50-50 odds at the start of the fight, I thought at some point that fight would turn because Gassiev would catch him and away we go. The, the, then the pressure would be on. But he did catch him and he didn't flinch. He just mm. kept cracking on. He were on his bike. His foot movement was absolutely outstanding all night, Don. Yeah, stunning, stunning. Again, he was bouncing around like a lightweight from the opening round, and he kept that pace up. I mean, and Gassiev, he was relentless, as we kind of knew. He marched forward at all times, but he just could not solve the puzzle. I mm. mean, he was a pure puzzle to him. Uh, and and Usyk, again, he, he showed all his experience. He showed his amateur class. I think that shone through as well. I mean, you know, this is obviously an Olympian, a gold medalist, and, and everything about his amateur pedigree into the professional game was there for all to see, the skill set, and, and just you know, again, going into someone else's backyard, which shouldn't be forgotten, as he's done throughout Three this tournament. Three times, yeah. Yeah, Germany, Latvia, now Russia. It makes no difference to this fella. And that, again, is something that he draws from his amateur pedigree of 300 amateur fights of fighting everywhere, not worrying about stuff like that, just getting the job done. And he's done it. There was no way there could be any contentious decision. You know, you will never see, with two guys that were apparently so evenly matched, you'll never see a more one-sided contest. Mate, I enjoyed that thoroughly, and hopefully we'll get uh, uh, an enjoyable fight next week as well see you next week mate uh, ringside at the O2 Dom McGuinness there keeping us up to date with the World Boxing Super Series uh, Cruiserweight Final I don't know about you uh, Gareth but after watching that I am now absolutely demanding a final date for the Super Middleweight I need to see it now I need to see Cam Smith I need to see George Groves yes we'll, we'll get stuck into it in a moment or two yeah. you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport Big up the crew in the area Still heavy like that Murderer. 
Absolutely fantastic from uh, Alexander Usyk, who is now the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. Don't forget you were trying to help Gareth out with his... Uh, his trivia question, which we're going to get to by the end of the show, just to remind you, the WBO became recognised as a legitimate title in 2004. No heavyweight has ever been a four-belt undisputed champion, but five men have been a three-belt undisputed champion. Can you name those three? I'll give you a clue. Between the years of 1988 and 2004. That's what you're looking for at this moment in time. Uh, Gareth reckons he's got the lot, but you you know, you know, could help him out. He might have forgot one of them. At Gareth A. Davis DT on Twitter, get in contact with the show. Alexander Usyk, the undisputed cruiserweight champion of the world. A fantastic, fantastic performance um, against uh, Murat Gassiev. It was absolutely sensational. Here's a little bit of something for you, Gareth. Um, and I think, I'm sure it was you that told me, actually, uh, or it might have been Johnny Nelson last week, uh, that when um, Vladimir Klitschko was preparing for Anthony Joshua, he did a little bit of sparring with uh, Alexander Usyk. And when the cameras were on and they were rolling, um, Mr. Klitschko kicked uh, Mr. Usyk out of the ring because he was taking him to school. As well as that, Alexander Usyk has beaten two of the three boxers to have beaten Anthony Joshua as an amateur. Um, I can't pronounce his first name, but Medzidov. Do you remember him, Medzinov? Yeah, yeah from, and, was he Kazakhstan? That's right, and Mihai Nistor. No, Azerbaijan, isn't he? And Mihai Nistor, who beat uh, yeah. Anthony Joshua in the amateurs as well. So Alexander does have pedigree at being able to do the business at the very, very highest level in the highest weight category. Listen, for six foot three and 200 pounds, he moved beautifully just then. Um, he never let up. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the punch stats uh, later on or tomorrow Double. morning. His punch stats compared to what uh, Gassiev... Was it 850? It was ridiculous. Was it 850? 850. He was averaging around about 200 shots. Yeah, there you go. And and, and Gassiev probably threw 350 at most. It was crazy. You know, and, and look, um, I'm glad Usyk won. I think he's a great star. I think he's a brilliant man. I think he's handsome, charismatic, and I want him to fight over here. I want him to come over here and fight. Should we get him over here? Tony Bellew? Big event, Goodison Park, 35,000. You know I'd something? love to see I've it. Having watched that Bellew tonight, would give I... him a great scrap. Listen. Bellew would give him a great scrap, I'm telling you. Having watched what I've just watched Are you, tonight, are you writing off Tony Bellew? No, I'd never write off he's Tony Bellew. He's a friend of the show. Listen, he's a, he's a mate of mine, mate. I'd never write off Tony Bellew, but I am looking at something very, very special tonight. You, you, you've got to be blinkered if you don't think that this kid is unbelievable and could really cause a stink in the heavyweight division. Does he hit hard enough? I don't know, but he definitely can dance better. Listen, he could dance around the majority of the heavyweights, I think. My Twitter's blowing up about him in the heavyweight division right now, and I I'm not going to argue with people over it, but, you know, it's, Evander Holyfield came up to the heavyweight division from the cruiserweight division and, of course, was extraordinary, and he might be one of my names in that list. Carry on. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I'm not meant to ruin it before 11. I think the majority would have gone for that. Go um, on, go on. But, the, but the thing is, what I think he brings... There's, 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 he brings a different style. There's five contenders at the moment. There's two champions in the heavyweight division, right? Um, no, so I've got to say six, because Alexander Povetkin is rightfully challenging Anthony Joshua. You've got the two champions, Joshua and Deontay Wilder. You've got Tyson Fury returning. And for me, you've got Joseph Parker and Dillian White. There's six guys in the division right now. I think you can now add Usyk to that list that people want to know, can he do it? I think he can. I, I, I think he could do, I think he could be at least half of those guys that you just mentioned there. 
If you put Ooh. him in with him next week, I think he do, would do, win do at least what? half of those fights. Do you know what? If he was fighting Dillian White at the O2 Arena next week, I'd be very, very excited. I'd be silly excited. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but see, that's what I mean. It's such a creative industry. Joseph Parker against him. And look, again, I'm a friend and a fan of Joseph Parker's work. I could see Usyk outboxing Parker. He is um, something else, is Usyk. He, he is, is something, he is something else. Start, else. I'm glad about this tournament because, uh, as you rightfully said right at the start of this, this was, it wasn't a dead division because the, the talent was there. We just didn't, a lot of casual fans just didn't know about these guys. This tournament, hopefully, has propelled these guys now into people's thought process and they're starting to talk about this guy as in that pound for pound list. He is legit, no question. He's got to move quickly, though, because he's 31. I wonder how much weight he has to cut as well. He's a big um, boy, isn't he? So it's, it's fascinating, um, you know, what he'd be like. You know, Muhammad Ali at his very finest was around 215, 216 pounds. Yeah. Um, you know, 15, 15, 5, something like that, 215 pounds. I bet Usyk would look great. But would he be as mobile? Would he be throwing 800, 900 punches? Um, you know, I don't know, but I want to see it, Gareth. I yeah. want to see it. We, Go- Step up, Alexander. We will see it. There's no question about it. Uh, One fight that we're going to see in the early hours of the morning is for uh, the super welterweight uh, WBO championship. You mean like middleweight, don't you? Well, I call it super welter, but you spend too much time in America, you, calling it light uh, light middle. That's what you do. No, I'm just old. (laughs) So I'm going to go with uh, Liam Smith versus Amy Munguia. Uh, Liam Smith obviously used to hold this belt. He was beaten by Canelo. He's taking on another Mexican tonight in Las Vegas. First scouser to ever headline in Las Vegas, and he could be the first scouser to ever win uh, a world title. I'm amazed John Conti never fought over there. Not in Vegas, man. No, it's amazing. Not in Vegas. Yeah, he was so popular here, of course. This is a massive opportunity for Beefy tonight. Jaime Munguia is no joke, though. At 154 pounds, he's massive. Absolutely huge, and he punches like a mule. I genuinely think, though, this is where I'm going to go with this fight. If we hear the bell for the start of the sixth round, Beefy's in. I think he'll put his foot down and take this kid into deep water. But getting to the sixth round's tough against this lad because he whacks. He really does whack, doesn't he? He does. He he's he's very aggressive. He's got a very long. He throws very long hooks to the body. He's got a great hooker. Um, he's very aggressive. Um, as you say, he hasn't been the distance. I think he's only been the distance three or four times. Once. He's only, once, is it? Once. Yeah, and that Whereas was a Liam's 10 rounder. Been, exactly. It was a 10 round. That's right. But Liam's been probably, I think, 12 times he's yeah, been yeah. the distance. Um, Liam, you know, as we spoke to him in the week, um, he's planning to old man him out of the title here. Mungia, of course, has been a, a, a professional since he was 16 and a half years old. It's extraordinary that. Mexicans, they turn, they turn them over at 15, well, well, 16, when don't they? are good. Canelo did at 16. Yeah. Saul Alva, Canelo Alvarez did, of course. Um, what makes me slightly concerned there's two things Mungia is naturally a big man six footer his dad was a pro heavyweight just shows you what size he's going to be in four years time he's clearly going to move up to middleweight his ambition is to challenge Canelo it's a massive Mexican fight they're both promoted by Oscar De La Hoya of course and he's trained by uh, Robert Alcazar who was Oscar De La Hoya's trainer Mm. De La Hoya's as promoters do He's trying to build these two guys up. Liam is very much the away fighter tonight. Yes, I agree with you. Liam will. Liam's not going to get knocked out by this guy. I really don't think he'll get knocked out by him. Not in the early rounds, anyway. 
Liam is going to come strong from round that, six to ten. But, but that's when he's the most. Monkey is at his most dangerous in those early parts of the fight. Though. I, no, I agree. I agree. But but Liam's going to have to get his respect early, tie him up. Um, Liam's got a great chin. Remember, a tremendous chin. He's got to watch the body shots. Yeah. Um, but what I fear is, my fear is hearing the last bell and it being a close fight and it being a controversial decision. Come on, you know that that will happen. If, I it, if, it, if goes it goes the distance, the distance Beefy's not winning it. Exactly, and it's a close fight. Because they want Mungia to win. The Mexican crowd in there are going to be tearing it up. I was there when uh, Jared Hurd and Erez Landy Lara and uh, Caleb Truex um, had his James, belt yeah. ripped back from him by James DeGale, who's going to fight Chris Eubank Jr., by the way. We don't know yet, but they will. That's a great fight. Mm. That gets my mouth watering as well, because I think Eubank stands a good chance. I really hope Beefy does it tonight. He's a real pro. Um, he's the first of the four Boxing Smith brothers to, to get a world title, of course. Um, Margaret will be hiding somewhere tonight, the mum, and, and all the guys will be over there. I think they're all over with him, aren't they? Um, look, it's a very, very tough fight for him. If he wins this tonight, he thoroughly deserves that title. And I'd bring the Mexicans over here next time. I'd love to see him. Um, it's a very competitive division, the 154, Very competitive. Isn't it? Very competitive division. But I tell you, he's always looked very, very solid, Beefy. He's one of those guys that'll come strong, come strong. He's 29. The next three or four years are going to be his best years. Mm. It's going to be interesting, this fight tonight. I can't wait for yeah. it. Jaime Mungia, extremely About 2.45 in the morning, I think, at the kickoff. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, 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 around about that time. Uh, against Liam Smith. Can he become a two-time world champion? Best of luck to him. Uh, seeing as that you mentioned Billy Joe Sons and a couple of others and James DeGale and uh, Chris Eubank Jr I think we'll get stuck into them in the, in, in the last half an hour Loving of the show it. make Loving sure it. you stick around you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport It's fight night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall, and Gareth A. Davis. It's flying tonight. Um, this is available as a podcast as well, by the way. You can get it on iTunes, and you can also get it from uh, the TalkSport website if you listen on Android, okay? So it's uh, TalkSport.com. It'll be available to you. I'm being told tomorrow, but with uh, we are a type of team, Gareth. Monday morning's your best bet. That's when you'll get your hands on it. Look at Smudge now, who's in charge of the show, looking at me. He has a day off on Sundays, you see. He's got himself a new girlfriend, this lad. He's a, uh, he has, yeah. I know. Exactly. Look at him, look at him grinning. Yeah, exactly. That's what she said. That's it. Exactly. That's what she said. He's a lover, not a fighter. That's why. That's we'll... that big hickey on his neck. Well, don't even get into that. That's what she don't said. Don't even get into that. Don't even get into it. She did it to embarrass him, you know. Mm. Uh, anyway, let's talk uh, middleweight, shall we? Because uh, Billy Joe Saunders is uh, a man that quite a lot of people are talking about at this moment in time. He's been out on Twitter this week saying that uh, Demetrius Andrade will be his next boy, which, great, is, which, great is, which is his uh, mandatory challenger for the WBO um, in a weight championship of the world. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat to this now, which has got really, I'm really interested in this particular situation because as we know, Billy Joe is uh, obviously managed and promoted by Frank and uh, MTK and all those type of boys, okay? Um, and Demetrius Andrade has just signed a deal with Matchroom USA and this new DAZN uh, television money that's going on over in the States. Matchroom USA, obviously fronted by Eddie Hearn, rival promoter uh, to Frank Warren. Now, this will go to purse bids, if I'm not mistaken, on the 25th next week. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who bids what for this particular fight um, because 
if Eddie wins it, you would anticipate that he's going to be sticking that on one of his DAZN cards over in the States. And if Frank wins it, I've no doubt that he'll be sticking it on something over here in the UK uh, on BT Sport, uh, which could be a little bit of a, a nightmare for Eddie, seeing as that he's just signed Demetrius Andrade and he wouldn't be fighting on uh, his new platform. How do you think this is going to go? Um, do you think DAZN, uh, with a with a billion dollars in the bank, are going to go absolutely crazy to uh, to get this particular fight? And if they do get it, do you anticipate it going ahead? And with that, I'm insinuating, will Billy Joe's son just go sack that? I'm going to uh, bin the belt and I'll go and fight James DeGale. <laughs> well, yeah. There's but, so many different yeah. avenues that this could go down. There, there are. And, you know, um, it's a really weird one with Billy. Um, there's so much talent there. And, and I feel that there's an inact- inactivity about him in the last couple of years that disappoints me. He was so brilliant. Remember how excited we got against, against um, when it, in his performance against David Lemieux? Yep. It was beautiful to watch. It against, was a, against Andy Lee when he became champion. Yeah. I, on this radio station, yeah. said he's the best middleweight on the planet. He's going to take <laughs> over from Triple G. And then we had a year of nothing. He didn't mm, fight for mm, a year. Mm. And then we had nine months of fighting nobodies and then he fights Lemieux. And then he puts in that performance and then I'm th- I'm like, thank you, Billy. Yeah, yeah. You've justified what I've said. People are starting to come round to my way of thinking. And then we've had another nine months of inactivity. Two pullouts against Martin Murray, and he's like, "Billy, what are you doing? Well, well, there was You're a wasting reason the talent." For that. And we, you know, they, they they were very close to signing a fight with. Uh, yeah, but with, even with so, even so, you he's got, like you just said, this guy is supremely talented. Very, he's ridiculously good. Yeah, yeah ri- get in the ring and do it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, t- I hope he fights Demetrius Andrade. I, I can't answer that question. Yes, of course, there are possibilities that, um, you know, obviously, Simon Frank Warren and uh, BT Sports. So it's difficult. The zone is only America. It's not here. So, but it will be on Sky if it's on. If it's a zone card in the states, it will be on Sky Sports here in the UK. Yeah, that's, that's the deal. That's right, actually. So it precludes that happening. So. Technically, no, I can't see it happening unless he's released from a contract um, for that fight. Um, it, it, historically, we haven't been seeing it happening, mm. not from that side. Mm. Um, you know, I think we might see uh, Hearn release uh, Eddie Hearn release Tony Bellew to fight Tyson Fury on BT Sport. That could happen. That might well go ahead. But... I'd love to see Demetrius Andrade because he's got very awkward style as well. Yeah, he he's has. very powerful. Boo boo. Um, yeah. Boo boo. And I think, I think he's brilliant as well. He's a great, confident man. The trash character. talk between he's a those two would be great. Would be brilliant. But I think we're more likely to see Billy Joe Saunders, like you say, against a James DeGale. I think it'll be Chris Eubank against James DeGale anyway. Yeah. Okay. But it's one of those two. Who knows? But we want Billy Joe Saunders to fulfill his potential as a star. Because at the moment, I don't think it's happening. I want him to go and prove me right. I made a massive mm, prediction mm, two and a half years ago, and he, uh, he's making me look a mug. I can do that myself, mm, Billy. Get in the mm, ring, sunshine, and do the business. Right. Because absolutely. I think, listen, Andrade's a great fighter. Don't get me wrong. He's a good, talented lad. But I think Billy Joe Saunders, if he's, if he's focused and he trains hard and he does what he did, again, he, if Billy Joe Saunders, that turned up against Lemieux, turns up against Andrade, he wins the fight for me. Well, the, the thing is this. I... You know, I, I was in Vegas recently, as you know, and I was in San Francisco, and then I was in Rome, and then I was on the Big Sur. You know, I was following, you know, the kind of the, the beatnik route, and I was sunning myself during the World Cup, and you were working hard. All right, don't rub it in. Don't rub it in. Listen, I, you I, were hanging out I, with Golovkin. Just get to the point. Go on, son. And I was. I was <laughs> hanging out with Golovkin, 
And I did ask him about Billy Joe Saunders, but first of all, yeah. I asked him if his rematch with Saul Canelo Alvarez is bigger than the first fight they had. So right now it's a different story, you know, just not new story, it's a completely different story. We have, you know, first of all, where I have, where I had good experience from first fight, you know, and where I have different mentality, you know, for second fight. And I believe, seriously, I believe the second fight is more, more better, much better, you know, just much bigger, more action, more drama, more everything. It was a brilliant elite fight the first time around. Two of the greatest boxers of this era, clearly. Um, but there's anger involved in the second fight as well because of the staging of this fight, the fact you've had to have a fight in the middle, the clembuterol tests. The, there's, a, there's anger in you. I can see it in you. I can see it in the way you're speaking. You're an angry man right now, yeah? I'm not angry, you know, just disrespect this situation, you know, just seriously, I disrespect these people who support you know, his side, you know, because, you know, this is very ugly for sport, you know, just seriously, we have different mentality it's not respect for me, you know just, I disrespect this situation and, and I need to ask you, um, do, will we see you fight Billy Joe Saunders, do you think, at some point for the WBO title? Good question. Just, if I win this fight, of course I won't fight with Billy Joe Saunders, you know, because this is you know, amazing chance for boxing, you know, amazing chance for true champion, you know, just for one, like a old school for one champion, you know, not like four, three, two champions for same division, just one people, one boy, one fighter. God, I love Triple G. Uh, listen, you were looking into the whites of his eyes during that conversation that you had over in the States. That was at the USC event, wasn't it, in Vegas? Was that right? That it you was caught a couple up? of weeks ago, yeah. So you caught we, up with him we, there. You've we're had... at Wolfgang Puck having lunch I'll at bet the you MGM were. Grand. I bet yes. you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there does seem, just in his voice there, I know you asked him about anger, and he said, no, not anger. i tell you something, there seems in his voice that he's an angry man. He's ready to rock and roll. He was brilliant to speak to me in English, because normally he uses a translator. We sat with 15 of us, first of all, Adam, and he used his Kazakh translator. And I tell you, I think he's very eloquent in his own language. And he wanted to say more just then, but he, he, he doesn't want to make a fool of himself in English. And I think... That's what stops him really expressing himself because when he was speaking Kazakh, you could really see he was annoyed. Then I spoke to Abel Sanchez, his trainer, Tom Loeffler, his promoter, and they said, we have never seen him going to camp like this. There's an intensity about him. He's actually just going to bring it this time. But also, when I spoke to Don Chargin uh, when I was down on the Cambrian coast, uh, who spotted Canelo for Oscar De La Hoya in Mexico originally, he was saying there's more of an intensity about Canelo this time because he's almost embarrassed into Rightfully having to so. do better. Yeah, absolutely right. You're absolutely spot on with that. But but for me, Triple G is a very angry man who really wants to beat up Canelo for the clambuterol tests, for delaying the fight, for refusing to do press conferences, for taking a vow of silence. This ain't Muhammad Ali, it's Canelo. And... I think we're going to see it on the night. I think I don't think we'll go 12 rounds this time. Mm. I think one man is going to finish the fight. I have an instinct. It may be Canelo this time. Younger, fresher man. Yeah, Golovkin a year on, and I think he will fight angry. Um, and and I think you know Canelo's going to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit quicker, um, and and it could well go the other way. Listen, Golovkin won the first fight fair and square. 
it's probably not sensible of me to back against Golovkin because he really did win it fair and square. Five rounds to seven, eight rounds to four. Just something tells me that history is going to look unfavorably on, on Golovkin in the second fight. Um, it's all stacked against him, of course. It's back in Vegas, you know... Um, I'm just glad he's earning a lot of money out of this fight. But he's a pleasure to be around. You know, all the UFC guys that were there, all the UFC fighters, people fall over for Golovkin. Yeah, he's tremendous. Because imagine him in MMA. Imagine what he would have been like in there. When he was over here in the UK for the Kell Brook fight, he was just outstanding. He's amazing. He's an amazing man. Mm. He's an absolute... um, He is probably... He's boxing. He's the role model in boxing, even more so than Anthony Joshua. Because Golovkin's not about money. He's not about fame he's not he's so humble and i would really love billy joe saunders to get the opportunity to face one of those two guys anyway i hope he does and i did ask him about that and he said oh i gave him the opportunity before and he didn't take it mm. why they didn't take the golovkin fight before i d- well i do know they probably thought they weren't going to win it but they should have fought him mm. chance to create history because mm. because billy joe saunders has the potential if Golovkin has an off night to outbox not him, not even that. I think he can bring it. I think no, it, no, not 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 the prime uh, Golovkin. No, I'm not, sorry, listen, I don't buy you, it. You, you're talking prime Golovkin. You can't roll back the years. I'm talking Golovkin now. Golovkin now, and Billy Joe Saunders now. If he turns up, he gives him a real good go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> Stick with us. It's fight night on Talksport. Uh, fight night on Talksport with me, Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis. We're nearly done. It's flown this week, oh, isn't it? It's lovely to do three hours. Time to breathe. Do you want to hear my little bit of cultural corner or not? Just, just hang on. Wait a minute. All right. I've got plenty to get through. All right. right if we right, don't right. do cultural corner, don't worry about Can it. Can I just tell you one little story? We're Quickly. Go we had Nigel Travis on tonight. Okay. He's an actor, boxer, fireman. I was with Don Chargin last weekend and he was telling me about the brilliant father of Angelina Jolie who is the best actor he has ever seen box and he was trained by a guy called Kenny LaSalle who was a a light middleweight boxer in the 40s and 50s when John Voight Mm. Angelina Jolie's father was training for a film called The All-American Boy that didn't do anything he was about 20 at the time he went to all the toughest gyms in LA to to train for this fight and apparently he was extraordinary he could punch could have been a pro mooped Don Chargan was telling me... He, Angelina he Jolie's dad, dad could have been John a John Voight, who was in The Champ. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, he was extraordinary. Don Chargan got called down there to watch him. He was going in against all the toughest black guys in all the LA gyms. They were trying to beat him up, and they were all coming down to watch because he was extraordinary. And Don Chargan went down and said to Voight... Where did you learn to do this? He said, I've not got a clue. He was a natural boxer. Wow. And if I get John Voigt when I'm over in Hollywood in the, one of my next trips, I'll get him, I'll record him, and you listen to him. Loves boxing. He was just an extraordinary Angelina talent. Angelina Jolie's dad could have there been a go. fighter. There you go. That's a bit of cultural corner for you. Yeah, me. there you, you go. You liked that, you see, didn't no, you? Did. That was all right. There well you done. Go. You, see? You brought a little bit there. Um, listen, we're going to do uh, the, the. No music the, with it, though. Well, we're going to do the big finale for the uh, trivia in a minute, my oh, friend. God. But first of all, next week, obviously, we are going to be at the O2 Arena for Dillian White, yeah. uh, Josie Park. We've got a fantastic undercard. But as well as that, we are going to be talking next week about a, a real super fight that will be going on in the States in the early hours of the morning between Mikey Garcia and Robert Easter Jr. Ooh. I mean, come on. Yeah. Do you know something? Normally this period of the year, 
this is downtime. Normally, we're still on our holidays. We're having a little bit of a, a, a carafe of sangria somewhere, getting ready for September. That's what we're... That's a what, carafe of sangria? That's how I get down, yeah. I love it. Mm. I absolutely love it. But we're being treated next week. Obviously, we've got a fantastic card at the O2. <laughs> and then in the early hours of the morning, we've got that between Mikey Garcia and Robert Easter Jr. unifying that division. That is absolutely mouth-watering weekend. If you're a boxing fan next weekend, you shouldn't be going out. Don't be going out. Stay in, listen to us on TalkSport, and then in the early hours of the morning, you'll have a little bit of uh, Mikey Garcia. Is he for you the pound-for-pound man at the moment? Is he the main man, or is he under Lomachenko? Where is he? Where is he? Where's Mikey Garcia for you? Uh, Mikey Garcia. Four-weight world champ, mate. Come on. Yeah, he's probably in top four or five, I'd say. Um, you know, he's up there with, with Golovkin, with Lomachenko, um, Golovkin, Lomachenko, Terence Crawford, Errol Sprence, probably fourth, fifth round there, Errol Spence. In that maybe chat? Fifth, yeah, in that, that, he's in that chat there. Um, look, Mikey for me, um, I know him, I've spent time around him, he's from an extraordinary boxing family. Um, again... It's one of those people, when you're up close with him, you just see how strong his neck and his head is. It's the same with Golovkin. Yeah. They've got big heads and strong necks. Manny Pacquiao. I love him. I love, him. Um, I love I, Mikey Garcia. I don't think it'll be the super fight. I know he's 38-0. He's destroyed, um, you know, so many fighters. It's an interesting one this next week, isn't it? Because he, It's a he... step too far for Lomachenko for me, by the way. He's so, a step it, too who far. Is? Who is? Mikey Garcia, if they ever meet. That's a step too far. You think far. he stops Lomachenko? I don't think he stops him. Yeah, I do actually. I'd, I think he'll. I think he would hurt Lomachenko. I think it's a step too far. I, that's the super fight for me. Okay. The Easter fight is a good one. Twenty-one and zero. You know, he's a very good fighter. Very rangy. It's going to be interesting to see how Mikey Garcia look, tackles East, that next Easter's week. Easter's look good against Denis Shafikov, Javier Fortuna. Um, he's done everything asked of him. He will not beat Mikey Garcia. It will be a late round stoppage. Eight, nine, ten round. Mikey Garcia will go to 39-0. and 0. <sighs> Mikey Garcia is unbelievable. He it? is. Anyway, he is let's not get too carried away because we've obviously got to preview that on next week's show. I'm Can't just, get, I'm just getting it. you warmed up for it. That's what I'm doing. Just giving you a little bit of a tickle, mate. You know what I mean? Getting, getting you in the mood because uh, we've got a lot of fantastic nights uh, to come here on TalkSport. We are your home for boxing. Other people might blag that they are, but we've got all the big fights. We've got all the big pay-per-views and we've got all the big chat. Nobody else is doing a three-hour boxing show live on their networks, are they? This is where it's at. Your home for boxing. Make sure you tune in every Saturday night from nine o'clock. Guaranteed boxing chat through till midnight. Uh, unless we have obviously a big fight night, which we're doing next week from seven o'clock in the evening. Seven o'clock. Whilst you're out, I don't know, you might have ordered your takeaway. You might be waiting for it to be delivered. Get the radio on and come and join us live from the O2. Now then, my friend, earlier on in the show, I asked you a trivia question. I will reiterate it for people that have just joined us. Uh, the WBO became recognised as a legitimate title in 2004. No heavyweight has ever been a four-belt, undisputed champion. But five men have been a three-belt undisputed champion. With that, I mean the WBA, the WBC, and the IBF. This is between 1988, 1987, uh, 2004. All right? Oh, you've thrown me there with that. Have I? Yeah, because I didn't even need to go up to 2004. I might just be throwing you. Okay, all right. You might only have to go to 1999, all right? Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, you are looking for five men in the heavyweight division to be classed as undisputed. Heavyweight champions of the world with three of those main titles round their waist, my man. I'll tell you something, if you can do this in order and give me dates, that'd be sensational. Ooh. When you're ready, submit your answers. Okay. 
You want them from me now, yeah? Yeah, I'm ready for you. I'm ready okay. for you. I'm ready for you. Well, I know that in 1987, August the 1st, the Las Vegas Hilton, Nevada, USA, Mike Tyson yep. retained the WBA and the WBC titles yep. and won the IBF heavyweight title from Tony Tucker. So Mike Tyson, first of all. 1987, correct. Carry on. So then, in 1990, Mike Tyson, having retained those belts all the way through, what are you reading, by the way? A wrecking ball. I'm looking. I'm looking at his Wikipedia record here. Uh, as well. Cheating. Am I allowed to do that? No, you're not. Go on, carry on. Well, I'm only looking at for the dates. That's all right, all. all right, cheat. Okay, I won't look anymore. All right. So in 1990, he goes to Tokyo. Yep. And he loses those belts to Buster Douglas. Yep. Yeah. That's correct. Is that your second answer? That's my second answer, Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas, WBC, WBA, IBF champion in 1990. Correct. So, Buster Douglas who then balloons in weight yeah. and is unmotivated, yeah. loses those belts to Evander Holyfield. He does. Now, not, in, not with this, by the way, because you are talking about something that happened in the exact same year. Not that politics hasn't got involved with boxing there. So we've gone from Tyson to Douglas to Holyfield. Who was next? So that's October 1990. Yeah. And we're back in Las Vegas for that fight. Mm -hmm. And Evander Holyfield yeah. takes those belts... And he then loses. And they had a brilliant trilogy, of course. My favourite trilogy. Yeah, it's a brilliant trilogy to Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bowe, fourth on the list, yes. But now politics gets involved. Yes, it does, Sweet Cheeks. What happened? Can you, re can you remember? Riddick Bowe takes the WBC belt, which Lennox Lewis has become the mandatory challenger for. That's correct. And because Lewis has beaten him in the Olympics in the past, he lets his ego get in the That's way. That's it. And he refuses to defend the belt. Chucks it in the bin. He throws it in a trash can. A very famous press conference where he whizzed it's it. It's unbelievable to think that now, isn't it? Because mm. people now ask the question, do you think Deontay Wilder would ever drop his WBC belt in a trash can and not fight no. uh, Anthony Joshua? No way on earth, 15 well, to 20 million quid. Well, to be fair, quid. Joshua could have done that for the Povetkin. He could have thrown his WBA because he's got some other belts. Anyway, you've got four. And I know where you're taking me next because we have a little bit of a lull in the years before we get to this man. We do. And then, of course, mm -hmm. Evander gets them back. No. Oh, hang on then. All right, hang on. Oh, no, sorry. Slowly. No. Lennox comes along. Yes. And he slowly gets the belts. Well, Lennox... Is, is, is that your answer? Well, hang on. What's your answer? What's your answer? Well, Lennox is the fifth. Lennox Lewis is right. the fifth one. Lennox is the fifth. But I'm trying to remember where he gets all three. He gets them in a unification clash against Evander Holyfield in 1999, where he... But there's a draw. He brings his WBC. But there's a draw. Yeah. And then he wins them in the second fight. And then he fight, wins the WBC. Which he probably didn't win, to be honest. Well, he, <laughs> is Lennox Lewis your correct answer? Lennox Lewis is my fifth answer. So you're going with Tyson, you're going with Douglas, you're going with Holyfield, you're going with Bo, and you're going with Lennox Lewis. And that's... One, two, three, four, five. Are there more? You said five. You I did say to... five. I did say five. I'm going with five. They are your three belt heavyweight undisputed champions of the world. Yes. You're correct. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> da, da, da. There you good go. times never seem so good. I'm feeling fine. Can't wait for next weekend. You're pumped up now, aren't you, son? Never 
You threw me with that because I knew he got them from uh, Evander. Yeah. Because yeah, you. I yeah, but you, you were mentioned in Holyfield. You mentioned that Holyfield had them. He didn't. He had one of the belts already. Hey, did uh, hey. two cats have been great tonight? Yeah. Adam the cat Catterall. Yeah. And Alexander the cat Usyk. He's it. the cat. He's well, the main man. He's the main man. Uh, listen. Um, yes. There you, there you go. Lennox Lewis, the the last undisputed heavyweight champion of the it's world. Extraordinary. We, we haven't had yeah. one. We haven't no. had one holding all four belts, which is absolutely ludicrous. Maybe soon. Maybe this time next year. Who knows? Well, Klitschko held Didn't the, the other WBC. Ones. No, because his, his brother had it. Had it. <laughs> his brother had it, yeah. yeah. Exactly they that. They should have fought each other. To be other. fair, the Klitschkos together were undisputed imagine champions. The, imagine the White brothers, Dillian and his brother, oh, fighting that'd for the be sensational. Wow. Uh, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Don't forget, this is available on a podcast. We'll leave you with a little bit of Neil Diamond. We'll see you next week from 7 o'clock live at the O2. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.